This episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain name, website, or online store, make your next move with squarespace.com slash co-optional. What better way to experience the E3 press conferences than through the lens of two utterly miserable people? Streaming live on twitch.tv slash TotalBiscuit over the E3 weekend, myself and Jenna will be covering, riffing on, and generally pissing on the parade of the big E3 press conferences. Check out the schedule on the screen right now and tune in live. Uncut VODs available immediately for Twitch subscribers and Supercut videos coming to youtube.com slash cynicalbrit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Cooperquisition Podcast. Uh, I I got nothing better than that. I don't know if any of you did. No. Podoptional. Podoptional. All I I know is that every other suggestion that I saw. Co-op-podquisitional. Yes, yeah, that's like... that just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it will. It? it it will. It doesn't right now. It will. You are co-op going to. There we are. Co-op podquisitional. There you go. You got to round that square peg the, in the uh, round hole, whether it likes it or not. I have to mix the two themes together. Mm. We ain't gonna linger and lalo and co-option, Just in the middle, just randomly put that bit anywhere. <laughs> just anywhere. It doesn't even have to make sense. Be lovely. Oh, man. Tune in. We're talking to you about porn and all the things Jim and Lauren talk about. <laughs> Nobody ever said this was PG-13 rated, which is why it's proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash co-optional for 10% of your first order and a free trial. Trust me, they are on the cutting edge of marketing, as you can tell by our wonderful custom advertising. Yeah. <laughs> You're on the cutting edge of marketing there, man. That was impressive. I've, I've never been on a podcast where they do that. Like yeah. I've listened to a lot of podcasts, like where they talk about Blue Apron. Yeah, I've been on one of those. It that. was yeah, it was a little unnerving because it's like it's a live ad read that they're clearly doing, you know, kind of from a script, but very much trying to say, you know, I really love it. Me and my wife have now learned to cook and do all that kind of thing. It's a very old school way of podcasting. I think mm-hmm. it's a very. This is what FM radio did for forty years. So this is how yeah, we it's do bringing it. Bringing kind of you in on the advert, letting you yeah. in on their life and how much they like the product and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. Marlboro cigarettes. That smooth drag. No, right? <laughs> we do not ah, endorse yeah. that. What was this? Ah, yes, marijuana. That smooth <laughs> drag. What was I doing? Lucky ah, strike. Yeah. It's toasted. <laughs> hey, French. Are we off to smoke some marijuana? We sure are born. <laughs> then, then girls dressed up as joints come out and dance like marijuana. Yeah, absolutely. It's lovely. Up. 
Well, we'll give ourselves a five-person show today. We've only tried that once before. It was okay. Gav asked before the show, is this going to be a train wreck? I said, mm. you know, <laughs> that a lot of that is up to you, really. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the problem with the, the, the myself and Laura and Gavin is we are somewhat notorious for speaking over each other constantly. Let's, 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 on, on let's be honest here now. The problem with you and Laura. <laughs> well, the problem with me and Gavin's slurping connection is that we all talk over each other. Uh, so we're talking about Gavin's in there connection. Yours is given out already. Yeah, I thought that was, I was like, is my connection actually oh, no. giving out while, now, while Jim's frozen that, no, it's in... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to be nice and well-behaved and quiet this week and be like, I'll just wait my turn and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pretend that I know what I'm doing and that I'm not just going to talk over everyone. I can I mean, be polite. You'll we see. We do try and do that. Well, I think... There you go, Jim's back. I think with, with a voiceover IP show, especially a live did one, you, go away? you did it, but you I wasn't disconnected. You were not disconnected just as you I could still hear you all. Oh, God. I could still hear you all. It was like I died, and I, I was like, like, can you see, like Beetlejuice or something? And like, you were all walking through me metaphorically. So um, let's just say horrifying. this. Well, we've now got two Lauras. Your camera has been replaced by Lauras for some reason on my screen. This is already starting out well. Can I just oh, say this? Don't this is what I have to wrangle on a weekly basis. These two. <laughs> Somehow I put a show together week oh, after week with no. these two falling apart like this. Oh. Well, my, my internet dropped out during the sound check, so it's very likely to. That was again. yeah, that was lovely as well. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out a way of getting Jim's camera back. Uh, at the moment, yeah, we're, we're dealing with two lawyers. We've done the three Dodgers show before. That didn't go well. So well, this is a great start. Well, I, can, uh, I can see Jim. Can can you see Jim, Lauren? I can see him. He's I right can, there. Uh, I, can see, I can see all of you. I, I can see Jim. Yeah, he's, I, he, that's not a problem. It's just he split has decided that he doesn't exist anymore. I am a person. I if fundamentally you disagree me, with. Do I not bleed? I, I imagine we have you, no kind of confirmation of that. We, we do not. Uh, that is true. No, I, I am. I'm trying to fix you. I don't mind this too much because this is all just my grand plan is I'm going to quietly be polite and be nice until I can like replace everyone's video feed and it'll just be me. And, you know, slowly this is how I take taking over. over like a virus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as I, tr I mean, I, I'll give you this. I'm trying to. There we go. I've got a gym camera. I was trying to re-add Jim's camera and every one of the ones I was selecting ended up being you in some way. Like this is this is you know this sounds deliberate there's some sort of plot going on here yeah, you uh, cannot resist the laura takeover can, right? can, I am can anyone hear me oh we can hear you yes. out of yeah here. we got you you you're right <laughs> here. am i here yeah you're yeah. not you're not trapped in the fandom zone don't worry we got you uh, it's all uh, good i can't really out there. right i go no oh, i have you back and now with your bloody disappeared again uh, what i don't know what it is i can see him uh, yeah, can I can you see still him. Hear me? I can absolutely see him, but yeah. uh, I, this is... I, uh, I oh, love that look. we've we've all come on and just well, the show so far happening. has entirely just been tech support. This is, yeah, this has turned. This has already turned into podquisition. I just want to point out before we started, I had uh, our three lovely guests were talking about how much more professional we were <laughs> and how everything was just going so well. Oh, don't be ridiculous! Their podcast was a mess. And then we and they started. I'll have you yeah. know, we are just as much of a mess. How dare you think we're professional? I mean, things things kind of break when, when we're around. 
Indeed. Uh, all right, let's, I'm going to try this once more. Right, I got Jim's face back. It's a little good. <laughs> Am Every I here? Yeah. Uh, so, right. Hello. Okay, Jim's face is back. So close the preview window, apply changes to actual scene before closing. Oh, I see what you're doing, you sneaky little... There we go. I'm just going right. to enjoy the remaining time I have of me being you're good. everyone. I got you. Jim's back. Oh. I've tricked the program into doing what I wanted to do. I'm just hoping it will continue Am to do Am I not that. everyone anymore? Uh -uh. Oh. Okay. No. You I are, enjoyed you're... momentarily being a god. Merely yourself, I'm afraid. But that is more than enough okay. for this wonderful show. This is our pre-3. Yeah, catchy, right? Yeah, style and marketable. Really? It's our pre-3 show. So Ooh, it's... Uh, the... You ready for an annual piss on the parade? Because that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, well, we'll we're also, we'll, we won't be talking much about predictions. We're talking about what we know is coming to E3, which right now, to their credit, is not a lot. They've been pretty buttoned up on the leaks up to this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, they've, a lot of cards have been kept close to their chest. I was going through the rumor mill before we started, and a lot of it's just... They're presented as rumors, but they're more predictions. It's more like, here's a rumor that I'm starting in front of you all now, yeah. because <laughs> right. it stands to reason that Bethesda will have, you know, their big open universe RPG. It just stands yeah. to reason. It's like, that's not really a rumor that you're saying it stands to reason. Yes. There's a few things we confidently know, like the uh, Assassin's Creed Egypt that has been going oh, yeah. around since like January last year, that sure. like t-shirts- Assassin's Creed Power Slave, Laura. <laughs> Uh, Assassin's oh. Creed Power Slave. Hey, I'm um, going to see Maiden yeah, on like, Friday. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, t like I think. Oh, I saw them a couple of weeks ago, man. Oh yes. Yeah. We we had an entire podquisition full of Iron Maiden puns. So Lovely. <laughs> I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> you say full of Iron Maiden puns. It was one Iron Maiden pun that we just said a lot because it was <laughs> we, we thought it was so clever that we stopped there. I think uh, I'm going to have to try and better you on that one. It's gonna have to oh, happen. Yeah. I'll start dropping them in throughout the show. You so so you might Absolutely. not even notice. We'll see. Check check Gav's cred on this one. His Iron Maiden purity test, as it were. It's fine. Just as long as we don't record this for too long, because I've got to be done oh. by at least two minutes to midnight. All oh, right, yeah, I forgot they were go. doing real puns. I was so proud of when I um just said that Iron Maiden were gonna call themselves Iron Brew to celebrate Gav's Irish heritage. Oh no, not again. Yeah, like, it's Jim gone again. <laughs> he was gone. Hey, why, He's why run to the hills. Why is he run... getting these two on? For his, I, I have made a horrible mistake, apparently. We just we don't the internet is just not there yet. The technology is not there yet. Oh my. It'll pop up in a minute, wondering why I've been so rude talking over him. It's like it's, it's it's I just hope his camera doesn't disappear again. Oh, I don't know. He's such Wait, a I'm... trooper, that one. Yeah, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of like other other games that we know are coming because was it Ubisoft that talked about a bunch of their stuff that they're going to be showing? They just like laid all their cards out on the table. Possibly, probably yeah. now be just Ghost Recon DLC or something. Yeah, it's, it's Far Cry Five and yeah. Dirt, another Dirt game, I think. Maybe? I mean, Dirt, Dirt Four just came out, and that's also Codemasters, so I don't think it was Dirt. I think they said something about Steep, maybe. There's like Possibly. a, yeah, it's like a word. One of those like crappy words that they name games after. Yeah. Think, not dirt or steep. I know, you know, one of them crappy words. Uh, we, yeah, they they also told us that they're having a um a Switch game that they haven't talked about yet that totally isn't that Rabbids RPG. Uh, yeah, the Mario plus Rabbids 
crossover title. Yeah. Can I tell you something? That game's gonna make a jillion dollars. It's gonna. I'll play it. I, I guarantee you now. Is that the one you leaked, Laura? It's the one that I've been talking about for ages. Uh, I guarantee it's going to make all the money because as I understand it, like, you know, Splatoon was Nintendo being like, we want to make online shooters for kids. Mm -hmm. This is basically like, as I understand it, going to be XCOM for family friendly kids. Oh, I'm I'm all in. Strategy RPG aimed at kids. One will probably appreciate as well, right? You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm if we want that. online shooters for kids, we've already got Call of Duty. Oh. <laughs> it's a fast-paced game. you got to be quick or be dead. Yeah, you do. True enough. Yeah, Nintendo's, no. Nintendo laid their cards out. Like, we know that their main thing is Mario. Just Mario for hours. I mean, they'll, they'll probably drop something that we don't oh, know about. They will. Oh, Mario plays in traffic. I can't wait for that game. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I I imagine we'll probably see a lot of third-party support announced for Switch. Because, Mm. you know, at this point, it's pretty clear (laughs) this is a successful launch and is going to continue to be. It's not exactly dangerous to get behind Switch now. So, yeah, it's, it's selling well enough out the gate that I'd be surprised if, at the very least, we don't get, like two or three year old ports to switch even if it's only that i hope it's better than that but i i don't doubt that now they're gonna at least put something third party on there yeah i mean ultimately would be a nice uh surprise it would i mean ultimately i'll take any port for the switch because you're turning something that wasn't portable into something that now is and that to me is enough to justify a rebuy for certain games so obviously i'd like them to add new stuff but I think porting to the Switch is a much more sensible idea than porting to the Wii U. Nobody got excited about Batman Up Armored Edition for Wii U or, hey, Darksiders is here five years late or whatever. But for Switch, it, that's a, it's an obvious sell. It's, I can take this with me now. Yeah, I'd, people- like them, I'd like them to add a, a save backup. That's what I'd like them to add to the Switch. It would be nice. If you What's could been going on with like- that? I don't have uh, one yet. Your saves are currently locked to your console. You oh. can't move them to uh, micro SD. You can't put them on the game card. Why? They there's are no, on your there's no cloud. There's yeah. no cloud backups. So if, no you, if, you're, if you're like sitting by the pool and drop your Switch in, there goes your fucking 200 hours on Zelda. Yeah. For a portable, that's a really bad idea. Yeah. Mm. That, that certainly sounds like Nintendo being behind the times in the weirdest ways. It's like you make some revolutionary which is which is the most nintendo thing. thing ever it really is it's like look at what the joy cons can do look at this portable system look at the cool technology and we trip up on the most basic shit that everybody else has taken for granted for the past 10 years yeah joy con <laughs> I, I i haven't tried him yet honestly i really at this point if i was going to get a switch it would be for the portability and it does sound like the joy cons might wreck me and so uh, i don't know they're perfect for me because i have like these slender dainty hands that like you know most game controllers all big and clunky hate those but mm. i'm like no tiny tiny small controllers they're perfect for me i've got fucking piano hands yeah <laughs> yeah there's not really a lot else at the moment i I think we know that microsoft is going to go heavy on scorpio i think really the sort of debate or discussion at the moment is like microsoft is not in a brilliant spot at the moment like sony's running away with it and 
Nintendo just came strong out of the gate with something that isn't directly competing with them, but is it's video games and people only have a limited amount of money. So what on wonder, earth are you going to hit people with to get people excited about this again? Because the Scorpio will not be enough to do that. It's not like the PS4 Pro was, as a nicer system as it is. You know, that did not cause Sony to run away in this particular fight. What, what are it. the exclusives for Xbox anymore? What, um, what are the ones that are going to draw you? I mean, Crack, Sea, of, crack sea of Thieves, Crackdown 3, Sea of Thieves. Uh, the, we, we do know for certain they're not going to be showing Halo 6. They did say that. It's kind of gotten to a point anyway with Halo. Every year at E3, uh, yes, they unveil something about Halo. That's totally it's fair. Like this huge moment and not that many people seem to care when they do. The last Xbox exclusive I actually cared about was Scalebound, and since that's been cancelled, yeah. I've just failed to have any excitement for anything on the Xbox One. Yeah, as much as I don't like exclusives, and it would be lovely if we didn't have them anymore, ultimately a lot of people do care about that, and if you're going to get people to play on your system, you're going to need that. And the concern they're now having is that even their kind of deals that they were setting up with certain games, like you get this in a month, you know, a month before everybody else kind of thing, even that's fallen through. Because mm -hmm. if I recall correctly, they had it with FIFA and now PlayStation's got it. Maybe uh, maybe that's why I don't, maybe most of the exclusives for Xbox are sports games, which is why I do not know exclusives for Xbox. Because <laughs> I just don't follow those. And so maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's just the market for, because that's how they always yeah. sold it. What, Xbox, um, what the, sports exclusives do they have? I mean, they got Forza, right? With, and apparently that latest Forza Hot Wheels thing is fucking awesome, so I've been told. Yeah. And Phantom Dust. <laughs> Phantom, yes. Phantom Dust is a sports game also. Indeed, yes. Kind of sports in the same way that Beyblades is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I haven't thought about Beyblades in God knows how long. Beyblades part of the Red Sea. It's what Moses used. There's a, that's confirmed. That's in the anime. That's canon now. Oh, it is canon, it's, and I wish hold, I didn't know on, that. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to need to hear that again. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need to hear that described again. Um, sure. Yep. I'll more explicitly Explicit. and vividly this time, if possible. I mean, I feel I was relatively clear the first time, but I will repeat it because, understandably, it bounces off the sane mind. Now, mm. It's not something that it's willing to accept the first time around, so I'll give it another bash. So it is canon within Beyblades, it's anime, that Moses did indeed part the Red Sea using a Beyblade to do so. Mm. Uh, that is that is real. There is a clip of it on YouTube. That is 100% canon. I don't know that you can say that. <laughs> that is real? No, I don't. Fucking Fucking Moses. Moses. With his, with his, right, with his biblical clothes. Let my Beyblades go. Do you, do you not remember that passage in the Bible? And the Lord said unto Moses, let it rip. <laughs> let Beyblades. It's lost in translation, though. It's, wow. it's you wouldn't understand. It's fine. It's fine. There's a Ubisoft writer watching this episode now. And in two Assassin's Creed from now, we're going to get Moses with his Apple of Eden. No, oh I <laughs> most is the assassin. That'd be an amazing game. I we're onto something here. We are, yeah. We're onto something here because if Moses was running from like the Pharaoh from Yu-Gi-Oh, 
then we've got a whole crossover potential. Oh my god! You could have him running from Farah. Oh my god! Was that the whole point of you, Gil? I'm pretty sure it was. It pretty much was. See, I'm I'm imagining the natural Pokemon on the Ark then we are going to make a million fucking dollars a day. There is one way we can update this modern fairy tale to make it more, uh, you know, trendy and hip. We take out the Beyblades and we replace it with fidget spinners. Aww, fidget spinners, they, yeah. they spun open the Red Sea. They it's go. ruined it now. It's ruined <laughs> it's it. blue and everything to match. Oh, my. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if there will be any Beyblade-related announcements at E3. I, I have no inside information on we that at this point. constant hope. We do. I mean, do, do we <laughs> I mean, I don't know what Beyblade is. I heard that and I thought it's some fucking Beyonce brand razor. I was like, what is a Beyblade? It's like every time I hear people talk about rumors and they're talking about like what they're going to see at E3, and I hear, so I hear this year they're finally going to talk about Bay, and I'm like, fuck yes! And they're like, Yond Good and Evil 2, and I'm no, like, I'm off. <laughs> Oh, oh, I just got an that, email, that, just got an email now that's, from exclusive. That's exclusive. canon in my head now. I, I just got... Sorry, I, I just, nah, I, this is important. I, I just got an important email from secret sources I can't disclose. Beyblade, it's coming to Switch. Getting yes. a Beyblade uh, game, yeah, yeah, I can confirm it now. With a third the party... The Razor is coming to Switch. You, you actually get to mount your Switch to the Beyblade and spin it. Nice. It's smash against the wall and other switches. Probably wouldn't be the first time these two have mounted. What is, what is happening right now? <laughs> what are we doing? My, I was just going to imagine just flinging the Joy-Cons at the wall. You just fling them, and, and the, if you can get a good spin on them, then you win it. But I don't know how the rules of Beyblade work. I don't know uh, specifically. I, no. I imagine it's like Robot Wars to some extent. I know extent. The, the, when I would tune into Cartoon Network specifically to watch, um, what was it at the time? Um, I think Dragon Ball Z had just come to the UK um, via Cartoon Network and they'd have commercials in between. And I just see these people throwing these spinning tops shouting, let's Beyblade. And is Beyblade a transitive valid. verb now? So is it like a kind of a Pokemon -y thing, Beyblade or? Kind of. It's Ish. spinning tops that when you spun them, like ghost holograms came out the top and they did super moves, but basically it was just spinning tops that hit each other. So it's yes. basically Yu-Gi-Oh with spinning tops then. Yeah. If I'm, I mean, I don't I don't know a lot about, I'm sure there might be some- Oh, that's perfect for Nintendo with the yes. Amiibos. <gasps> Amiibos, yes. Amiibo oh. Also, the Switch has a touchscreen. You do your Beyblades on the touchscreen and it can feel where the Beyblade's going. <gasps> it just grinds, grinds oh, yeah. a path on the touchscreen. Oh, no. Amiibo blades. Don't give him any ideas. Amiibo blades. Play it by the flash of a blade. Hey. Actually, nice. Amiibo blades. Hey. That, you, you missed me quicker be dead a, a while ago. I know, I got it. I was just waiting right. for anyone else to grab it. You know, right. what can I say? You are truly a killer when it comes to these puns. Not everyone is as well versed, you know. We could be here from here to eternity and people might That not we could. Yeah. All of these wasted years spent on these puns. <laughs> Don't fight me. I will kill you. What? Okay. Too, too good for coming at on this. podcast, guys. Because <laughs> I'm the assassin. Wow. Okay, well, this was a nice time, everyone. <laughs> time to go. I normally look to the right of the computer screen if I want to see the death threat like, scrolling we've, up. We've <laughs> turned into Twitter. <laughs> it, 
I just like the fact that we're both throwing the Iron Maiden puns at each other while the three of them are innocent bystanders that may or may not get hit by it as it happens. I, I did like one Iron Maiden pun earlier. I, sure. I joined in. I'm afraid I listened to the stylings of the Electric Light Orchestra, so uh, I, I wouldn't know. Look, they're not mutually exclusive, all right? Just saying. Well, you can enjoy both. I'm yeah. very, very culturally isolated. So I see. Me, yeah. That's quite the revelation. Oh, very nice. Yes. I'm, I'm very glad that there's going to be a VOD of this because otherwise these puns might get um, lost in time. Hey, not too bad. Stop doing things I don't get. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Jim. I feel like a stranger in a strange land. Yeah, this, no. this does not work for me. No, 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 Jesse. I almost went with you on that. And then, and then Jesse, then I, for that, we could be blood brothers. I'll tell you, in this brave new world. But yeah. instead, this podcast just we're floating on a sea of madness, you know? Oh, yes, indeed. It's like an infinite dream. It's like a rhyme of the ancient mariner being spun out here. <laughs> Mr. Fucking Blue Sky. <laughs> Jim, did you see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 yet, Jim? Not yet, but Go the hit you've dropped me is I'm going to hear an ELO song. There ain't no cloud inside. <laughs> What? Well, that's, that that's yellow by way of Randy Newman, which is fitting because Randy oh, Newman wrote a song about yellow. So, oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Oh. Story They're of a rock and roll band. Awesome band. That's about yellow. Hopefully, what was this the name podcast. Of that one song, Jim, the one that we were talking about that was uh, really it's like 5 1 something or. They've got one fucking amazing song that sounds like Dear Prudence. Oh, oh, he's always trying to drop this. Gaff's favorite song is um, Blue by Eiffel 65. And he's always trying to get it to, he always says like this song we talked about so that I can sh shoulder some of the burden of it. But he, oh, so he loves it and he tries to bring it up via me. And I think it's a little bit exploitative. On the topic of Cheesy Pop, someone was disgusted that I was singing the praises of the new Carly Rae Jepsen song on Podquisition last week. <laughs> I couldn't oh, believe no. it. She's a perfect angel, and anyone who says otherwise is a fool. It's her, not a very songs, serviceable chorus. Her songs are awesome. I'm hoping this podcast gets back on track at some point, because otherwise I might have to run run to the hills. Run for um, your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it doesn't I'm sorry, have, I'm it sorry doesn't that have these invaders have taken over. No, it doesn't merit a revisit, which which for me is now the third episode of this because they've done it <laughs> twice here and the first on the podquisition. I don't think this has, I don't think it carries over. Look, you don't get to bury your face in the sand, Jim, <sighs> on this one, I'm afraid. <laughs> mm. The Thank evil you for inviting us all on your wonderful show. <laughs> <laughs> all I can say is Friday's gig's got to be fucking brilliant, and I can't wait for it. All right, let's um, get... We'll just, just not to dampen your spirits too much, but when we saw them two weeks ago... Is dampening your spirits a song? Or no, like, it's not. <laughs> but Rainmaker is... eight songs off the new album, so if you like the new album, you're going to have a blast. Uh, yeah, uh, they're from, I've seen the set list, and they're playing the only, the only the songs that I like, rather than the 27-minute song about an airship which I do not. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Empire of the Clouds. Oh, no, please. Yeah, half yeah, of it's good, and that's the half they're playing. I'm, I'm fine with it. It's all nice. Let's talk about some video games, <gasps> shall we? Let's talk about maybe some things that no, we've been playing. What are they now? I mean, I, don't I mean, unless Sorry, you've got anything else to say about E3, it's just there's not really much... Ah. We'll know a we lot. Know, we know a bunch of games that are coming. Like, like what? That, that are confirmed, at least, for... Hmm. I am, I, you guys know this. I think yeah. we're... Like, I don't cry. Last yeah, we already talked 100%. about that. 
Spider-Man. Awesome. Uh, Days Gone, that crazy game from last year that's like uh, the zombie the, thing. The new oh, God of War. Yeah, Dad of War. Uh, Red Dead 2, Nino Kuni 2, uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War. Are uh, we seeing Red Dead 2, Jesse? Yeah. Are we definitely going to see anything, especially with the pushback? I, I, I might ever do. You might be right. 50, you 50. might be right. It's a touch and go on that one. The only time I remember seeing Rockstar at E3 is when they were shilling DLC. Yeah. Shortcuts. Aye. South Park again. Finally, we'll actually mm. might get to see that game. Yeah. Uh, That's never coming out at this rate. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, that should have been out years ago. Detroit. Crossing my fingers. <laughs> go, David Cage. Oh. Uh, oh. Apparently, going to see... Oh, sorry, Apparent, no. Apparently, Red Dead uh, 2 has been confirmed to be at the Sony conference. Apparently, oh, awesome. nice. two hours ago. Okay. Nice. And, we'll uh, definitely have Red Destiny. More of. Yeah, Destiny. Destiny. Yeah. <sighs> Look, the ones that, that, that we don't know that I need them to be there, uh, for the love of God, just fucking give us Kingdom Hearts 3. That game is garbage and I still want it anyway. <laughs> it's coming in the next three years, Jesse. Our grandkids yeah, will really enjoy that game. Now and then. <laughs> I'll come in my pants if we see some cyberpunk. But Cyberpunk, probably, that's what I was going to say next. Won't. God, that'd be amazing. Yes. I, I know that uh, Michelle Ansel has said like, oh, it's probably not going to be at E3, but I want Beyond Good and Evil 2 to fucking show up. Didn't they quite specifically oh. say that it wasn't this year? I think, maybe. He said it wasn't, but he's Ubisoft have said things that are outright lies about Beyond yeah. Good and Evil no, before. So yeah, I like that it exists. Yeah, no, they've they've had E3s where like one person will say it's in development actively and another will say it was never confirmed, it doesn't exist. Like, sure. I don't believe anything either confirming or denying its existence until it's on the, the stage. Totally fair. I mean, the thing is about E3 that I'm more interested in the stuff that we don't know about, which obviously right. we can't really discuss. The known unknowns? Indeed. Some new IPs would be nice. Or the unknown unknowns. Yeah. For me, it's just what on earth have Microsoft got that's going to make me care about the box sat in my living room? Yeah, and, and, I'm turned mine on in two years. I don't know what God to do God help with me it. if they come at it again, like, you can it's, you can hook up your cable to it, and then you can, like, watch oh, God's your sake. TV shows TV. on it. Like, Sports, TV. They're probably still going to push the TV thing, because they showed some pictures of the back of the Scorpio dev kit, and it still has the cable in uh, port. So, oh, like so Laura, does, does the Scorpio have Kinect? <laughs> It uh, does not, I right? Didn't look out for it. Was Pretty Connect sure just a they've... USB port? Maybe. No, nah, I mean, there's a specific Connect port, unless they came out with some kind of adapter or something. It... Okay, I didn't see a port that was labeled as a Connect port when I looked at the back at uh, the, the Scorpio dev kit images, so I'm guessing that means no Connect for Scorpio. Yeah. What's really happened with their whole we use the cloud to magic things approach that they, they talked a lot about in the Crackdown oh, 3 trailer that... a few years ago? Like everything. Like it exists in some form, but it doesn't really matter. No, right. it's kind of about, but it didn't really. It wasn't a game changer. No. Just like their whole play while you download thing, which really means play for ten doesn't minutes work. and then yeah. wait. What, what's forever. happening is they're merging it with Milo and Kate. Oh my! So Milo's going to be running around the city like smacking drug dealers in the face with a bazooka. Nice. We we still allegedly have Cuphead coming, but that's been delayed. God knows how many times. Like, are they are they going to drop that out on stage again? Probably. I think on their website, you know what they're going to do? They're going to do that indie thing they do every year. Where they show like quick clips of like some fancy new song, and then like just all these indie games. 
And well, there's the thing. Devolver's got their own press conference this year. So really, most of those games were Devolver anyway. So I imagine they're kind of going to have their legs cut out from under them with that. Yeah. Because if, if it wasn't for Devolver having their own conference, I'd have put, I'd have been like, do we maybe see Cuphead as the it's available now? during the conference oh yeah that, that would be a the win good old drop a digital game right now during a conference thing i mean they did that yesterday with apple didn't they here's monument valley too just out of nowhere oh yeah so there'll be something about that. that is a that is a really good point i know on the cuphead website it says something like uh mid 2017 it hit me the other day i was like shit it is mid 2017 so i want to play you so badly ubisoft is going to announce beyond good and cuphead <laughs> <laughs> An unexpected crossover. Yep. I actually um I have Takes to place stop. in the Half-Life universe. Oh, of course. <laughs> I must ask and see if uh if the guys who are making uh seven is are gonna be showing anything at E3, the one I did the the song for. Because I'm I th- I'm seven. I'm sure I never even heard of that. What is it? Oh really? What yeah, Gav's doing the music for a game called Seven. Okay. Yeah. It's, what is Kevin uh, Spacey made... is reprising his role as John Doe. It's gonna be yeah. incredible. It's um they they don't like people saying this, but they are like um they're they're a team with a lot of credentials because a few of them come from CD project and the guy I collaborated with um on the song is Marson who did the Witcher Three soundtrack mm. so like the soundtrack's awesome anyway and it's kind of a stealth RPG anyway promoting my own shit collusion yeah as you should <laughs> but I'm hoping to see something at A3 because I actually haven't seen too much of that game. I've only seen the bits I needed to see. Yeah, I imagine we'll see. We're going to see a lot of Battlefront 2, no doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll be all over. Crawling all over the place. Is there another Battlefield this year? Probably not. They're not going to clash about. No. They're probably casual in on... Oh, we're gonna, There's probably going to be loads of hype about um, Call of Duty World War 2, actually. Yeah, I mean, which, you know, the hype of that is odd. It's like, well... Okay, we're going back to World War II. We haven't really done that in a bit. Yeah. But it's I don't what really every Call care of Duty fan has wanted for the last four or sure. five years. Which is so. fair. Yeah. Just make it simple again. I'm sure it won't stop them dropping in shitty fucking microtransaction crap all over it. Like, mm, yeah, because, I mean, you know, when have they ever done that? Mm. I just right, we're going to remaster every other Call of Duty game and then add new microtransactions and double the price of map packs. That Don't sounds... start Jim on that one. <laughs> oh, he'll be going all day. It's lovely. Jim was not a fan of how they treated modern warfare. I mean, can hardly remaster. blame anybody for that. It, it was a pretty terrible way of doing it. It but, was, uh... yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what kind of... So basically, they remastered Call of Duty 4, right? Oh, modern God, here warfare. we go. Uh, <sighs> they held it hostage. They put it in with um, Infinite Warfare. Because even though they were still making money hand over fist, they weren't making quite as much money as last year. So they were like, well, they really want this one. Let's chain it to that one. And that annoyed a lot of people. By that point, I was just shrugging and just saying, you know, Activision going to Activision. But then they decided that once everything was out, uh, wait a little while, then deploy microtransactions, which included a loot system and depot points. I don't know what the fuck depot points are because I played this game like close to a decade ago, long before there were microtransactions, back when games had content in them, right? Uh, So I don't know what depot points are. I don't know why there's crafting in the game now. Like I play games away from Steam to get away from 5,000 games with crafting in them. (laughs) Crafting's in there now, why not? And 
as if that wasn't enough, they announced the variety map pack, which boggles the mind wasn't in there to begin with, uh, as is the usual value prospect of a remaster. Uh, they charge $5 more for that than they did about 10 effing years for ago. For the same maps. But... <laughs> as you can see, he's a fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've completely lost track of where we were in conversation now. That's just... It's okay, Laurie. You're allowed to do that on this podcast. It's all good. Oh, I don't have to be on top of what's going on. Okay. No, we never are. That w- it would be unusual if anybody was, really. You don't need to guide us on this one. You can take take a chill pill and relax and just enjoy it. <laughs> it's up to the other two now to steer us back on track when we go mad. Oh, well, it's screwed then. We ain't, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, Z3 again. Uh, <laughs> it's Am just, I the it's, only it's one who like, loves Z3 and gets yeah, genuinely? I, I think you might be. Well, I, I, I like the concept. I like the press conferences. I think the actual E3 like show floor is always a giant mess every year. And, and oh yeah, I can't wait for. I like, once on the floor, I'll never do it again. No way. But, but E3 on Twitter is the most fun couple of days of the year. That's what I look forward to. It's and this year. I don't look forward to the announcements so much as I do mm. just having a bit of a giggle on Twitter. And this year, more than any year previous, we all need that couple of days of just everyone coming together and having a bit of fun and laughing at video games. <laughs> putting, putting, putting aside any cynicism, I do... E3 is terrible, but I do kind of love it in that, if nothing else, it gets everyone who has even a passing interest in video games talking about this shared interest for maybe a week. And that is a week where, like, my favorite thing to do is to talk about games. And suddenly there's a bunch of people looking at games, looking at what's happening, having conversations. And I kind of love that. And like, it's almost, the event itself is hell, but I like There's the almost always, like, there's almost always at least two or three games to get really excited over as well, you know? It, it's E3 is kind of like that video of Hugh Jackman seeing Mario Kart racers <laughs> and losing his shit. <laughs> Right? It's like such a pure moment of just like, can't we all just be a little excited about this shit every once in a while and just enjoy yeah. the fact that there's like dudes in the middle of the road dressed like Mario? Like, like that is a great video. And I I want, like E3 at its essence is that. Like just, it doesn't matter if you're fucking like really into games. Everyone just sort of likes the idea that for a week, that's all what it's about. Just people seeing new shit being like, oh, did you see that? Oh. Mm. I, I was I was in the room when the uh, Final Fantasy VII, like, oh, the PS4 remake's happening. And, like, I know in my head that that game is never coming. Or it's, like, it's years off. That is a long right. way from being a product. And it's, you know, there's all those issues with it. Doesn't change the fact I saw that get announced and I shed a tear. And I just have my moment of, oh, video games. And just sometimes you just need to look at video games and go, oh, video games. Yep. I'm hoping Sony announces... Um... An expansion for Horizon. That would be my one of my wishes in, in E3. Every year I wait for them to bring back Mr. Caffeine and they never do. It's, it's too many. This is my problem. This is why I think E3's gone to pot, right? This is why I think it's gone to the dogs, to the shit, right? It's because too many publishers have learned their lesson. Like Konami had a press conference. And somehow, unlike all the other times, in that one in, that one instance where it did something incompetent but was also entertaining, it learned its lesson. And, and we don't get those anymore. Um, Ubisoft used to hire people who were 
clearly very, very drunk and very, very angry that they were there to host their shows. And they don't do that anymore because they learned their lesson. Then they went with a they, professional, Mr. Caffeine, and they learned their lesson there. They do still have the awkward um, fake teammate chat, though. I'm I mean, they, I'm everyone more of that now. Every they have year, the old mic trick. Yeah. We've got to get rid of like, that. That's like Xbox's main thing is they have the four people on the side of the stage. And I don't know if they show that uh, on the stream, but that mm. shit happens when you're in the audience. And even you, everyone is just watching like, why the fuck is this going on? Because well, they're like, Ubisoft's the one. That's uh, right, teammate. It's like, no, they're not even fucking playing. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Ubisoft started that. You know, they did it with Rainbow Six and then they did it with Ghost Recon and a couple of other things. I, I, I got hope... a lot of shit for, for doing a, a video about that uh, because to me, it was the audio version of Bullshots and yeah, it was. You know, unrepresentative visuals because Nobody talks this way. it's artificially creating an atmosphere that they cannot guarantee you in the game. And, and that, they can that, you nothing and like that nobody that because they're all scripted anyway. actors. No, nobody wants that online anyway. No one wants that, you know, degree in in fucking Charlie Mikeism. That that those. Yeah, no one wants to sound like a fucking tit. Is <laughs> the problem? Uh, so they so do, it, it but they didn't do work. so intentionally. Yeah, yeah. Like if they, if they really wanted to represent the experience, one of those people would have like a screaming baby in the background and insist on leaving it unmuted at all times. Playing and their terrible music or whatever. So yeah, just... someone else would be doing that. Someone else would be like dropping South Park lines as if they're original, uh, as if, they, if, as if it, they were their jokes. Uh, that's the real experience. And that's what Ubisoft should bring us. And they won't because they're liars. They're inveterate liars. Well, what we noticed that was something that was starting to germinate last year is the, it's not the fake VoIP, it's the hire a bunch of Let's Players and streamers that you've never heard of, put the sort of totally totes real face cam in the corner, then make a super cut kind of trailer of them mostly yelling and pretending to have a good time. That's uh, what Sea of Thieves is doing. That uh, was obnoxious as hell. I imagine we'll see a lot more of that. Than, than anything else. Oh, yeah. It, it's a bunch yeah, of... These fucking T. Martin types in to scream at stuff. Is yeah. Cool. Transparently, we are totally down with the kids, guys, things. Oh, it's I did like it when last year they tried... I think it was last year when they just... Basic, almost practically looked at the camera and begged them to make someone in the audience a meme for them. Uh, they, they were desperate for something to go viral on Twitter. Oh, that was Aisha with uh, the guy dressed as Jacob Fry the year before. Right. As well, yeah, just some guy dressed as an Assassin's Creed yeah. character. Like not the not, not the it was a bad costume, but it's not. It's great. It's not viral worthy. It's not like he came in dressed as a full-sized songbird from Bioshock Infinite. Like mm -hmm. that would go viral. If it was full size and it smashed the roof and it picked up Eve's Willemo and flew off and then never saw him again. No, no, we, saw, we didn't see him for five years and he came back and his hair was black and because he was so revitalized and happy with himself. And yeah. then yeah. he said that from now on, we won't be shit. For, for my complaints about Nintendo with E3, at least last year with Zelda, they were very much like, here is playing the game. Here is gameplay. And just having a conversation about what we're doing and not trying to pretend that is part of the game. Just, they were very transparent last year with Zelda. 
I like that. Can we get more of that, please? Yeah, that's are... been shown to work as well. Remember the hype when Todd Howard came on and just showed a bunch of gameplay from Fallout Four. Mm. Yeah, well, I think they did the same thing with Dishonored Two. That worked well through the wall there. That mm. if they had done more of that with Doom, that would have probably helped them out a lot on launch. They just said, mm. "Here's thirty minutes of this fucking amazing campaign. Let's go." Doom it's... took everyone by surprise, though, didn't it? Because I remember yeah. seeing Doom at E3 and all. All everyone was talking about was the shitty color coding there. Oh, it's it's covered in piss. Yeah, uh, yeah. it did that, look like it was covered in piss. I it mean, did. To be fair, it 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 benefited a lot more when they showed those other screens that they claimed it was, it was it doom and ways like this. It was um, doom and revolution. Oh, oh piss. Um, <laughs> it did benefit from those from the, the more vibrant colors that were actually in the game. The yeah. piss filter was piss weak. Like it, 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 it wasn't doom colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do like it when E3 goes with just, here's a chunk of gameplay. Whenever you do a conference, there's mostly that. I like that. Uh, I, the PC gamer show has a tendency to go that way sometimes when mm. it's not 20 minutes of AMD shilling. It's oh, I've, I've never gotten through a whole one of those. They're long. Yeah. They're almost two hours, I believe, most of the time. And they're boring. I just I like some of it. Very boring, I think it's a very but... laid back style. It depends on who's on stage with day nine. Usually, like sometimes there's just no chemistry and it's terrible. Sometimes he bounces off them nicely and it's a lot of fun to watch. I I was in the front row in the room oh, yeah. for the first PC gamer show they did, and I was the most bored I've ever been watching a press conference. Um, that first and you just year, like, the chairs as well. Oh god, yeah, we were. I was tweeting about how bad the chairs were. Uh, I think we started an Indiegogo to buy cushions for the chairs <laughs> like, from the front row of the conference because we were that bored. But I think the biggest issue I had with it, like I didn't. My issue with it was is that half of the announcements were of games we already knew existed yeah. with lowball question interviews going on where it's like, mm-hmm. here's a game you already knew existed and a trailer you've probably already seen. Here's the developer. Here's a couple of really softball questions that when not actually learning anything about the game. Okay, next game. And there were some new yeah. announcements and there were some interesting things, but they were spread about between... They were just spaced out by all of these games we already knew and lowball interviews that weren't interesting that's you're absolutely right and i think that the biggest problem with the pc conference is it, what you're talking about it's it's stuff we already know also what tv was talking about where it has that sort of laid back feel so mm. there is there's no urgency to any of it it's sort of just like we're meandering through this and also i think it might be one of the most unpolished press conferences oh, God, yeah it just feels like I like it's that the though. First time these two people have ever sat down to talk to each other, and so when there I is would, the, it's blatantly obvious. I wouldn't mind that if they leaned into it more. Mm. Like if they mm. if they really owned the fact that it it's kind of shoddy, I think they'd have a lot more traction with it. But yeah. I say that as someone who is Thank incapable you. of producing anything that I feel is shoddy. If things were a bit more genuine in general, I mean. If there's one thing that always makes everyone cringe watching E3, it's when they try to be funny. Oh no! For some yeah. reason, there's just they're, they're just well, it's, <laughs> whoever it's they flagrantly are. Transparent. Aisha, to be fair, who does come out with some doozies? I don't know. They're just not very funny. I think I think you're right that if they lent into the the sort of just casual thrown together nature, it would be more interesting. Because I think I'd enjoy the PC Gamer Show if it was the more if it was the same show 
but like very clearly recorded in the back room of a pub or something. And it was just people. Oh my God. Yes. That would, yes. Already yes. instance. The exact same, the exact same content, but it's just like, you, you slightly frame the fact that it's just, we're coming for the first time. We've had a conversation. It's a bit thrown together. Okay. Off you go next person. That would feel somehow more human and less like, you yeah. accidentally poorly made marketing material. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I I think that would yeah, just casual it up a lot more. With Day Nine's personality, if you threw it, in sorry, the I shouldn't have said casual it up. Oh no, 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 fans watching, I'm sorry. Oh, I just I, I meant casual in in the laid back you, scent. You couldn't. <laughs> yeah, you just couldn't stop yourself. God, <sighs> what you've done. But also, Dark Souls should have an easy mode, and like it should literally be forced into it. Yes, but, and you yeah. should all be forced oh. to play it. Yeah. Oh, everyone should have to play, to play it, it to the real, real game. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You have to play through it twice we... in order to get to normal oh. modes. Are we going to see Bloodborne too? First. Yeah. Are we going to see Bloodborne too? I, I, I don't know. What, what did the fellow have to say about that? I, I don't think there was any intention oh, of um, going back to that. Was there it? is there is definitely uh, a secret game that they they haven't announced so it very well could be that it, on their list of like come see our booth and see our things it literally has like game 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 unannounced title and it's like who has said that now bandai namco or or from or uh bandai namco has it on their thing uh okay. there's also uh, also uh capcom has a secret one as well that they aren't showing so... 2k's got one too uh, for, for sure Namco, I have a guess what I think it's going to be. I reckon it's going to be Demon Souls Remaster. Oh, that that, that would that, be nice. If it's that either happens, Demon Souls Remaster. Being I able... think we either get Demon Souls Remaster or possibly Dark Souls One. I think they're going to go back to one of the earlier ones and be I mean, like, "Here it is." Doing Dark Souls. I'd be okay with Dark Souls, but I would, I, I would. This this is a guess. This is Ultimate... off of nothing. Little little shit right, in the... right. Oh, yeah. oh. For, yeah, yeah, being able to play uh, Demon Souls on anything but a PS3 controller would be great. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind doing that. I think remastering Dark Souls 1 is relatively pointless, especially if you have a PC. You know, most of what I'd want in that is already available through mods anyway. For consoles, yeah. I guess it would help. But Demon Souls, a lot right. of people did not get Plus, to experience that. Dark Souls that. isn't that old a game, is it? It's still no, not really, young. no. It still looks great. Yeah, it's, like, still, I, well, it's just a beautiful art style and colors carry it, yeah. don't they? I feel oh, like wait, wait, the chat is correct. I forgot Demon Souls is uh, Sony involved. Yes. Sony and Atlas were yeah. involved. Oh, it's yeah. highly unlikely it, yeah. that it would go multi-platform yeah. as a result. No, no, no. I would I imagine still it would really be, want it though. If it's happening, I would imagine PS4 exclusive. But like, considering how popular Dark Souls Three is, and the fact that Demon Souls is probably the hardest of the from uh, like the popular FromSoft games to play but today. Was the only one actually. Be oh, I was about to say hardest yeah. is the only one. No, no, actually no. Be I mean, in terms of like getting it to run on a <laughs> yes. piece of hardware that you have today. Yeah, it you feels it like it would do well if it was remastered now. I agree. But you yeah. know, that's, that's I imagine we're going to see a ass. plethora of remasters. I would think this year. Which oh, I've God. never I've never played Demon's Souls and I really want to. I just it's can't abide by that fucking PS3 controller. <laughs> oh, oh, Shenmue! Did, did you yeah. not know Shenmue you can make 3 is not going to be there. Work on your PS3. 
Uh, I know, but it sounds like an awful lot of hassle. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, I, I, I've got a PS4 controller working on my PS TV. You know, the little Vita without a screen that you can get? Yeah. That supports PS4 controller natively. I think the PS3 does too, actually. The PS3, I think you have to do something with a cable. and Yeah, you just have like, to plug it in, a USB it. cable, and then yeah, it will sync like up more. Yeah, I think it's effectively the same thing. Yeah, yeah it works. Just with, you know, extra doingles and whatnot. Yeah, so you can throw all your DualShock 3s out, and that that's a great thing for everybody. It's it's crazy how much better the PS4 controller is. I mean, it is. it's just night. It's night and day. Yep. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be seeing that remastered Crash Bandicoot. I know we're not seeing Shenmue Three. They did specifically say that that's not there. <laughs> yeah, so, we're not seeing that for a fucking or, or, while. Forever. Yeah. We'll we'll see Crash. I, the whole idea is like, well, I don't know. We might make a new Crash game if the collection does well. It just seems so out of touch to me. It's like you don't think it's gonna do well. You don't think people don't want a new Crash Bandicoot? Like, the original how well did the Crash, new Ratchet do? The, the original Crash has aged so poorly mechanically, it is not fun to play anymore. Like, yeah. I went back and yeah. replayed some and of current, it recently. Like, it's, it's painful. Does the current gaming generation even know what Crash Bandicoot is? I'd say so. They probably, they probably do from um, Uncharted 4, I imagine. Yeah, they probably just think it's a mini game in that that they're now expanding yeah. into its own thing. A spin that was thing. such a, a great with a shotgun. That was such a cool little scene. I really loved that it, scene. Very it clever. was, but like going back and replaying that without the context of it being a mini game in Uncharted, like the most iconic level of that game has you running towards pits and obstacles that you can't see because you're running towards the camera. Like it mm. is not a well-designed game. It. It fundamentally is oh, yeah, a it, designed game. No, as, yeah, it's, well, a, lot a skippable mini game in Uncharted 4, it made me rage. <laughs> a lot and of those platformers from that time were fraught with design mm. problems. Yeah, but, but, Gab, I mean, watching Nathan and Elena play that game might have been my favorite thing in a video game ever. It was oh, awesome. Ever. Yeah, really it, awesome. What an enjoyable, stupid moment in a game where I was like, oh, it's and be beautifully meta. Mm. Mm. Nailed it. I, I will agree with you. It was beautiful there. I don't necessarily think I want to replay that trilogy <laughs> if it's shiny and new. I mean, I would, I would, and I think this should be standard for a fair few remasters that they really could stand to alter the control, like they did with the, the Uncharted collection, oh, I... where the first one had some elements from the third one and everything, and they'd kind of de-shittified it somewhat. Um, um, I, I really do think a, a, a fair few older remasters would benefit from not just upgrading the visuals, but going oh, in there. Absolutely. you got to watch that's out a, for that, though. You know, cause... that's a funny a funny topic, actually, because so so many... um, it's Everyone just accepts that visuals date very quickly with video yeah. games, but we don't seem to pay that much attention we to don't. how mechanics date. Mm -hmm. And no, not just that, but the, the, the UX, just the user experience and user interface. That's a prime problem with a lot of DOS games. There's, DOS has a phenomenal number of absolute classic games that would play lovely today if the UI design was not so archaic that you can't imagine it was created by human beings. Yeah. If you yeah, go, go back to the original XCOM or even XCOM Apocalypse, XCOM Apocalypse has some incredible ideas that we've never seen since that I would love to see come back to something. And the UI for that game is incomprehensibly stupid. And there are plenty of great strategy games, turn-based stuff, 4X. It was the golden age of 4X back then. Mm. Uh, not just Master of Orion, so many cool things. It's like, this 
Who made this user interface? This is designed by it's aliens. Funny though, so many, so many older games had those terrible UIs and terrible mechanics and things, and it's kind of seen as part and parcel of of just the game's growing pains and whatever. But when you look back to like an era where where Super Mario World or A Link to the Past existed, both with incredible, simple, fully functional mechanics, it seems strange that so many other games at the time just were flat out fucking broken. I, I'm, based on anything it. that tried to be complex and clever aged more rapidly than something that tried to be simple star, uh, uh, star fox <laughs> sure. I, I still know what game i most want to see get a mechanic and ui overhaul and it's the first mass effect because that oh, yeah. game is so difficult to go back to after playing two and three like that that game needs to get like a here's the the mechanic set of two the story of one reboot, like remake, but I mean, for I me, yeah, it could do something like that, definitely. But then they'd have to overhaul the entire planet exploration oh, thing because, yes, it was really boring in Mass Effect One. I, but I still <laughs> yeah, like I'm so cynical today. There's four was... cynics in here. I'm becoming an, a cynical bat. Well, no, it's three crazy. other cynics. Jesse's uh, not Jesse cynic. is not. Jesse. I can see. I saw his face. Jesse drop. is an. <laughs> Come and swim in the water with us, Kevin. We haven't pissed in it. Deliciously murky down here. Oh, we all float down here. No, oh, we don't nitrates. float at all. We just sink to the bottom and play. Jesse, Jesse, you mentioned that that was like your favorite moment in a video game. What's everyone's favorite moment in a video game? None of them. They're shit. Video games are shit. <laughs> Stupid video games. I, I've said it time and time and again. That moment in Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons is by far my mm. favorite. That we one. also talk about the last hour of Vagrant Story. What a fantastic game, y'all! Mm. What a fantastic game. No one played. I'll do the um, the appropriate snidey critic answer, which is I liked it when the end credits for Aliens Colonial Marines happened. I think my favorite might be the one time that the game To The Moon uses a piece of music that has lyrics. Ah. That may be my favorite moment in a game. Mine is uh, the suicide mission in Mass Effect 2. That is a pretty fucking good mm. mission. What? Like That's like a universal answer like what a great moment in video gaming like that's phenomenal i know, yeah, absolutely. I know it's yes. a cliche but it just blew my but fucking you're right mind. it should have ended it's, the fucking was, series like, there popping around honestly. on my fucking chair after that mission. oh so good the, the end of journey when you find out there were other players yes because i managed to go into that blind and not know yeah, that i, was I didn't know either other oh, really? people online. Oh. i managed to come out of that blind and that was a pretty, pretty special moment. That whole experience. Sliding down the sandy slide and that with another player as well is one of those just yeah. phenomenal. Just yeah. wow. I'll lock myself in my room to play that. Uh, just uninterrupted for a couple of hours. I'm glad I did. Same with Brothers. It's yeah, really, really good. I liked the bit in Clock Tower 3 where the Corroder, <laughs> uh, which is a gas mask wearing, acid spraying uh, man in war times who's always mm. going. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just doing that right um there's this old woman um who is being looked after by her son and he's like oh, oh i've got to put this shawl on you because you're cold and she's like oh you look up set in london she's like oh you're so good to me my boy then the door's just kicked open right and the corona comes in just <laughs> he's spraying acid everywhere um grabs the woman oh she's old like like ethel from eastenders 
grabs her by the throat, just runs her along the shelf, knocking pots and pans everywhere, throws her in a barrel, just starts dumping acid in there just by a jug load, gets the boy, does that and all, boof in there, boof, 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 turns to the protagonist, Do you want to boof? I hear the acid's lovely. And then you've got to run away from him. I, I like, you can you not take it? Can you not have a nice bath? Emotionally engaging, that. I, I, I like the bit in Beyblade on the Game Boy Advance where you unlock oh, Kai's bit shit. <laughs> We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the games that we've been playing this week as we've now thoroughly ruined E3 for you. Perfect, really. Video games are... They're just... In, they're, it's a better way to cook. Indeed. Brought to you by Squarespace. We'll be right back after the break. Don't go anywhere! Press this button and it didn't bloody work. What's the point in this thing? You can hear it. I'm pressing it. It's not doing anything. I'll just do it. Smile. When we're around, things just break. Do it manually. I've got to press this button right here and it's going to be lovely. Here we go. With the biggest gaming expo of the year now upon us, the sheer amount of yelling about video games will reach never before seen heights. Hype trains will leave the station. Announcements of announcements of announcements will rain from the sky. And a fresh wave of naive, innocent attendees will get their first taste of soul-crushing, passion-slaying disappointment. But with multi-million dollar on-stage extravaganzas from those giant corporations dominating the headlines, how can you possibly stand out from the crowd and get your message into the loving, sticky arms of millions of potential customers worldwide? You could try a dancing man in a giant lion costume. Unfortunately, he was kidnapped, sacrificed, and then turned into a plush carpet by a crazed cult in Montana. Perhaps you could hire a minor celebrity to endorse your product, eyes glazed as they read from a prepared statement, wondering where exactly their childhood dreams went, locked in a box of despair forever. But that's a little too depressing and impractically expensive. Thankfully, we have the perfect and affordable solution. Of course we do. The solution to everything is a beautiful-looking, unforgettable website on Squarespace. Do you have a product or service you want to show the world? Use Squarespace's professionally designed templates to put all the focus onto your creation. Perhaps you'd like to sell a product while everyone else is hyping things that are at least a year away. Do so in confidence with Squarespace's easy-to-use and secure e-commerce. But everyone's at the expo, you say? They won't be able to see my site without access to a computer! Well, you're half right. Wi-Fi at these things is practically a black market commodity and a strong source of finance for several rogue nations. But on the off chance they can use the internet, Squarespace delivers on practically any device with modern templates that employ the latest up-to-date compatibility techniques. This all sounds far too good to be true and or outrageously expensive. Thankfully, it's neither. Head on over to squarespace.com slash cooptional for 10% of your first order and a free trial. Make sure people remember your name by grabbing a Squarespace domain while you're at it with lightning fast setup and no hidden fees. How can my website possibly compete with these huge events and gigantic conferences, you might ask? I ask you this. Can you remember a single thing that happened at the last big gaming expo? Did anything at all stand out amongst the maelstrom of eye-gougingly colourful, cringe-worthily announced and inevitably disappointing things? Did I, in fact, have to go back and watch last year's press conferences to even remember what happened for the purposes of this ad? After the dust has settled and the fantasies and aspirations of so many left shattered on the expo floor, make sure people remember what the hell it is you're actually doing with a website on Squarespace. Squarespace, for when you want to be remembered for something other than agonizing embarrassment. Check out squarespace.com slash cooptional for 10% off your first order and a free trial, courtesy of the Cooptional Podcast. 
For your blog, portfolio, website or online store, make your next move with Squarespace. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-op Acquisition Podcast. Or something along those lines. I, I can't remember the one I came up the, with. The, no. po- the Co-op Podquisitional Podcast. Co-op Podquisitional. There we are, Co-op yeah. Podquisitional. It's like riding a bike. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I never lost it. Hey, it's, just, it's a talent, something you're born with. Well, that was what we think e3 is going to be i'm sure we'll know by next week what it actually was but let's talk about some games that we have been playing this week who wants to start us off throw your hat into the ring who's got something i've got a thing why not i'll jump right. in I'll, 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 i won't be afraid i'll jump right in the into the the pit of lions or whatever metaphor i should be using Main thing I've been playing this last week is Tekken 7 has All been right. like the big thing I've been sinking time into. Mm-hmm. Um, Tekken is one of those series, it's been around forever and it's not bad. Tekken 7 is not a bad game. Mm-hmm. I feel weird when I describe it this way, but it's basically just more Tekken. Okay. And I don't know how much longer it can get away with just being more Tekken. It's it's really not doing anything to update itself entry to entry. Uh, mechanically, Tekken 7 is pretty much unchanged. Um, there's, a, there's a new mechanic they added where if your health is low, you get one chance to do a super attack. All right. That's about it for mechanical changes. But all the stuff surrounding the, the actual core mechanics are just very, very lackluster. Um, the online multiplayer is like a very predictable set of online basic online fighting modes. Okay. Um, the story a... mode is weirdly. It's trying to. It, it keeps teasing that it's going to answer a load of long time questions for fans of the Tekken series, and then never really gives any answers to them. Um, the story isn't decipherable for anyone who doesn't already know the Tekken plotline. It's just kind of. Nothing really. It's a strong fighting game system surrounded by really lackluster mechanics and modes and nothing really exciting around it. Laura, I don't know how long Tekken can get away question, with that. Question for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, as someone who's not really knowledgeable at all about fighting games, how often do they add new mechanics? And is that, as I would imagine it would be, a very easy way to completely ruin a good game? It can be an easy way to ruin a good game if done wrong. Um, If you look at something like, say, Street Fighter, for example, Mm -hmm. while it's not necessarily sweeping changes to the the systems, they usually will tweak things considerably enough that if you played a a character for a long time in, say, Street Fighter 4 and then moved to Street Fighter 5, they will still play the same core way. They will be the same type of character usually but you will have to relearn how to play them because there will be enough tweaks to the way things go. There'll be enough balances and Mm. tweaks to the ebb and flow of combat that you will still have to do some relearning of a character. To sort of Um, interject on that one, I think Street Fighter Fighter might be a poor example because I think four to five was maybe a fairly massive change. Um, A lot of other fighting games are very marginal. Uh, If you look at uh, Blaze Blue, Guilty Gear, things like that. When they do move from iteration to iteration, the changes are not that big. Four to five had some pretty 
in the context of fighting games, big changes to how yeah. it w worked. And it fundamentally changed the way that the game played. It was a very defensive game in Street Fighter 4, much more aggressive as a result of the way that V-Trigger works and things like that versus yeah. the way that Ultras worked in 4. Um, I don't know much about Tekken. I basically know nothing yeah. about Tekken. I might be but the least familiar with Tekken of any fighting game. Yeah, I, I, I will acknowledge I, Street Fighter was not the greatest example to give there, but usually things are changed sort of incrementally. Tekken's really not done anything, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, if you like the Tekken fighting game system and just want to play more Tekken on your new system, this is more Tekken. Mm -hmm. But it's just really, it's a really bare bones package. And I think, I think what made me really disappointed with Tekken was the fact that I played it very quickly after Injustice 2. Mm. Which, which was quite in, a complete package, right? Yeah. Outside Injustice of that $5 by, character. Yeah. In Injustice 2, by comparison, like the story mode was very, very polished in its presentation. It told its own isolated story. It um, very, in a very smooth way, went between cutscenes into combat, back to cutscenes. Uh, it had a lot of interesting things going on with um, combat systems, modes, etc. It felt like a really interesting package that was putting a lot of effort into not just being like the bare bones release of a fighting game. And then two weeks later playing Tekken and it's like, it's kind of just more Tekken. Mm. Felt really disappointing. It, it's I not a, bad, but... I played a recent Mortal Kombat. I don't know, I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of the more recent ones and with a couple of mates. And it felt exactly like playing Jesse, Mortal Kombat muted, 1 the back in the arcades. Like the mechanics mm. felt exactly the same. I couldn't, I'd, I wouldn't have been able to tell you what was different, you know? Jesse, are you uh, there? Sorry, you you were trying to talk, I think, and you were muted. No, he was. He had no, 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 no. I, 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 I was I was answering a question and oh, sorry. I muted myself so that you wouldn't hear it. Oh, yeah. ah. sorry. That's all. <laughs> I, he's I moonlighting on the podcast. Is what he's doing. Clearly, you didn't leave enough of a message. We didn't. Ah, oh, who knew? Yeah, I, I'm no I, joker. I, I didn't I, send I, a I, message. I'm so yeah. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, no. Tekken's just Tekken Seven is just more Tekken. And that's again, it, it they can you can get away with it. if it ain't broke, don't fix it for a while. But I don't know if if Tekken 8 is similarly bare bones and not much changed, that might be the point where that's a bit too much for me. It this may be the last time they can get away with just like not changing much with it. Okay. Yeah, it's I am so unfamiliar with Tekken, but I will say that right now it's really the only 3D fighting game that's being actively developed and iterated on as a series? I mean, we don't know what's happening with Soul Calibur. We haven't, certainly haven't seen anything about Virtua Fighter for like 10 bloody years. God, when was the last Soul, uh, Soul Calibur? That... It was five. Uh, no, it was yeah. that. Didn't they do Is a Soul Calibur thing? the one with all the big boobs? I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a lot of fighting no, that's, games. That, but... That's DOA, first yeah, off. <laughs> but Soul Calibur does have the boobies, so... Soul Calibur is the one that, like, a couple of generations ago, they had, like, Link in the GameCube version, and they had, like, Yoda and... and then they had Star Wars. Does Yoda have big boobs? Yeah. You, I mean, <laughs> the biggest. you might have, yeah. Just... The, the generation that had Link in it, they had Link on the GameCube, they mm -hmm. had... Um... Spawn on the Xbox, I believe. Spawn on the Xbox oh. One, and it was someone from another fighting game. I think it was... was Hayachi, it, it was Hi Tekken. From oh. Tekken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hayachi, yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot Soul of people... Calibur 3 had Cosmos, if I remember, from a fucking X... Whatever that damn game is. You know, the space, mm. the shitty... Fuck, what is that goddamn game? 
Uh, no, Chronic XCOM. Fuck. That would have been Chronic a hell of a X-com. fighting game, starring XCOM guest characters. Guy with Guile. Xenosaga hair. is what it was. Xenosaga. They had a guest character from Xenosaga of all oh, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul Calibur Four had uh, uh, Darth Vader and Yoda. If and I also, and Star, Star Killer was in both of them. That was the man because they had Xbox got Yoda and then mm-hmm. PS3 got Darth Vader, which is. A horrible decision to make. <laughs> and he knew that they were just gonna sell them later. So it took about two years for them to put a to put them like in each other's games, though. I think at that point in which nobody cared. Yeah. Also, Yoda was I mean, horribly they, they, overpowered because he couldn't hit him. A bit too long to pull the trigger on. Just, that just one, a little I bit. Just, just I will say, you know, of course, Pokin. If you count Pokin as a 3D mm-hmm. fighting game, which I guess it is, the Pokin DX is coming to Switch. It depends. So. How, it depends how you're Pokin. That's a good question. Yeah, no, Pokémon is a really competent fighting game. Like it is, it is a surprisingly good. Yeah, no, it's a surprisingly mechanically competent fighting game. Like it, it is, it's built off the back of the Tekken stuff, but it, it does have an identity of its own. It is, I really like the whole um, switching between zoning and then when yeah. you get close, having your sort of um, close footsie, combat thing. Yeah, going on close up. Neat. Yeah, it is. It is a really oh, nice man. fighting game. I, I wish we were getting Pokken 2 rather than Pokken DX. The only fighting game I know uh, anything about is Primal Rage. A great game. A fantastic, game phenomenal game. I liked it. Vertigo was my main. I could do the hypnosis. I could do the, the poison. I could do what's the dagger the, What's the monkey that like farted on people? That was my favorite. Chaos. Chaos yeah, was the monkey. That, that was a character. He pissed and he farted. Yep. Um, there was a dinosaur that I guess was also the devil called Diablo. He could do the whole scorpion thing and yeah. poof, over there, uh, and poof, over there. So oh. I took a deep dive into Soul Calibur uh, ex- bonus characters, and besides uh, Assassin's Creed characters showing yeah, up and like crazy, my favorite is this little nugget: Bayonetta from Sega's Bayonetta series was considered, but she was scrapped because her attacks were too elaborate to include. <laughs> Yes, Soul Calibur not known for its silly attacks or anything. <laughs> I mean, it's, you they, know, just, you... they just couldn't be bothered to animate anymore at that point. They're like, yeah, just, they're like someone yeah. with like a sword, some dude who punches. Like, you agreed to spawn? What? <laughs> we got to do the cape, you idiot. Uh, well, it was, it so was probably actually that Bayonetta wasn't scantily clad enough. That's true. Yeah, she she had far too many clothes for Soul Calibur. Yeah. It just didn't fit with the law. <laughs> I keep, you know, it's weird that I mentioned 3D fighting games, so I'm just, I've completely glossed over ARMS and For Honor, I, which are technically about, oh 3D God. fighting games, I was right? about to say ARMS, I completely forgot I'd played another 3D fighting game this week. ARMS, Because I've been yeah. playing the uh, the test bunch. That's how, been how, was, how was that then? Uh, I heard mixed opinions from some people. People I, apparently have review copies of that now. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's going around. I'm trying to get a hold of code at the moment, but... um, Everyone I, in this office who has that game Fucking loves it. Mm. Mind you, they're all giant Nintendo fanboys, but still. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't trust your office in the slightest when it comes to Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. My my feelings on ARMS are really mixed in that it's clearly designed first and foremost with motion controls in mind. And it's... um, I really like what they're doing in terms of the core gameplay loop. The problem is, is that motion controls are not accurate enough in my experience for competitive play. Absolutely, yeah. The button controls are very fiddly to pull off to do the things that you can do easily with motion. Oh, bloody hell. This is, this is the problem I have with ARMS, and 
I've only played the test punch. I've not got review code yet, and I've not had like a real good chance to put time in. But things like the difference between um, punching straight forward with your right arm versus throwing it out at a set like a set amount outwards and doing a hook shot. It's much easier to punch forward with your hand or punch sideways with your hand than to try and use an analog stick to tell it whether to go forward or sideways oh while doing a punch. And I might get used to it with time. I want to be playing it with buttons, but it's so much easier to play in motion. And the motion just isn't accurate enough for competitive uh, play, and I don't know if uh, I can over that hurdle. Why are they still trying to demonstrate the tech? What, what, we don't need tech demos on motion control anymore. The no. tech has been so thoroughly okay. demonstrated to me exhaustively. If you're, if you're, if you're not trying Sorry. to play ARMS competitively, if you just want to play it as a silly, fun fighting game with friends, motion is the way to go. And the motion controls are fairly intuitive and pretty fun. But if you're going to get annoyed that you failed to pull off a move and that you lost because of it, and you want to get to that level of like competitiveness, I don't know whether this game is going to manage that doesn't it also completely bust the concept of the switch being a portable machine if you have to take off the bloody joy cons and lean it on something to play it portably but yeah they they seem for some reason they leaned so far away from all the portable stuff after the initial re re reveal which is weird because that's what the mm. best part of the bloody thing and is they, yeah they just started talking more and more about their motion control stuff oh, so don't you remember it. when they announced it it is definitely their home console it's not a portable it's Totes. their home console Totes, yeah. that just happens to be portable and it's, just, it's so much better as a portable it really yeah it's it's an impressive portable it's a kind of lackluster hand uh, like console yeah, and yeah. the fact that yeah. they're leaning so heavily into motion control home console is not playing to its strengths no. yeah and it's just so passe now like like we've had so many years of well we've had over a decade now of motion control it, it's done and it, most, it mostly does. doesn't work like use it if if you can elegantly incorporate it into your game by all means but but don't just build don't don't make a motion control game first and a good game second like make yeah. a game first and then think like will some motion controls make this better or not mm. do we do we have any data on the japanese market because i'm you know i think we all understand that nintendo only makes stuff to like really cater to that audience like mm. most japanese companies is is motion control like a big fucking deal there? Like, is that I, something they love in Japan? I honestly think it's less that Japan loves motion controls and more that they're hoping the Wii will happen again. Ugh. They want people to play motion controls. And if we ship this thing with motion controllers and it happens to get big, then maybe we can get the Wii audience back because the motion controls are bundled in. They're ready. Well, it's bloody weird because, like, look, the space and mobile, uh, those are two Trojan really important things. Motion in Japan. You can't do motion controls on a subway. If Persona 5 has told me anything, yeah. there's always a guy with a Vita, and you never got the space to get motion control out I mean, on a subway. You think back to the, the old commercial they had, the, the original announcement, and that guy mm. bringing it out on the plane, and think of that poor bastard every time he's trying to like pull a bow in Skyrim, and he's got to do this with the controls, and he's hitting the person coming through with the, the drinks and everything, <sighs> smashing his elbow on the metal. That's not comfortable, friend. Now, the, the weird thing <laughs> we're talking about, you know, motion control is that, of course, in VR, it's making a very 
pretty uh, pretty big comeback and the stuff that's available for the vive and the oculus is the best motion control we've ever had like it's mm. excellent it's incredibly accurate we did try and play star trek bridge crew we were ubisofted we got you played hard on the first day uh. they said oh it's cross compatible you can play it with psvr oculus or vive it'll be great so of course what do we try and do Myself, Jesse, Mathis, Nerd Cubed. We try and sit down with one PSVR, two Vibes, and an Oculus. How many can we get to connect? Fucking nobody. Just doesn't work. But it's like, oh, we wanted to play that. But when I played the single player, even the sit-down motion experience was like, wow, this is great. I'm reaching out here. You've probably seen the Twitch clip of the guy motioning with his hands and kind of emoting. When I think they discovered that one of the bridge crew in their pub game was a girl, and the other guy was going like, oh, went in there with his hands and it was just fucking hilarious but the the motion control in these vr environments is phenomenally good and the games are being designed specifically with that in mind there are a lot of tech demos certainly especially with the vive but they're getting there but then again we and then we see a portable system trying to do it and it's like what you yeah. know, you already like, need a room up what, um, for VR. Nicholas IVT in the chat said, where they said the motion control framing in Splatoon and Zelda were pretty good. And I agree, but that's because that was an enhancement to the game. They you, That was a convenient way of, of using a game that you were otherwise using traditional controls for because those traditional controls work better. It turns mm. out that for Splatoon, where you're just squirting paint a lot, yeah, having yeah, motion to do that is going to be so much more useful. It's not the only one. using motion control smartly. Yeah, it's quite like, a few FPS on Wii and, and a bit on Wii U as well. If you remember Red Steel 2, obviously don't remember mm. Red Steel. Oh, Red yeah, Steel that one was 2, Red Steel 2, very, very good. Yeah, with the um, with the Motion Plus. Um, a couple of other FPS on there as well. Uh, even uh, go back to the PS3, play a few FPS with the PlayStation Move. Yeah. It's better. It's just better. Pointing that yeah, there thing. Was some, there were some that were really quite good. With way that. better than just the the DualShock Three. Far more accurate. Yeah. Far more comfortable. More like a point, mouse. Yeah, pointer functions are still the thing that VR, um, like the accelerometer VR, is best at. Yes, is being yes. pointers and shooters. Metroid um, Prime, prime yeah, example. Metroid Prime is fantastic. Yeah. I I love the trilogy re-release. It was great. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's where I fall on arms. After I think I put like an hour and a half into arms so far, and it's just. I want to be playing with buttons, but it's a bit fiddly. Yeah. I want to be playing with motion controls, but it's not registering accurately enough. Right. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I did Have you the is... Pro Controller? Have you done that stuff? Uh, I've done a bit with the Pro Controller, but it's still the same issue of the... This, doing it with buttons and sticks is still just a bit fiddly. Yeah. Also, isn't the whole premise, like, everything they show, like, you're the boxer. And you're... Do, you, do you remember... There used to be an arcade game where you put your hands in boxing gloves. Yeah. And you would like actually have to punch and move and stuff. like it was kind of shit, but it was super fun at the same time. It's also like you would just fail as fast as you could, but it still felt really fun. And I kind of want arms to be that experience. I mean, if you go back to Wii and play the new version of Punch Out, that's basically what that is. Only your whole Wii Motes. You could even yeah. get a boxing glove attachment that you mounted the Wii Motes into, or you look like a tit, but you could do it. Isn't that yeah. why everyone and their granny played um, Wii Sports on the, on the Wii? Yeah, because yeah. it was yeah. so simple. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. It. it. It's something you could look, and this is, of course, why the Wii U um, failed, was because it needed so much explanation. Mm. You look at the commercials for the Wii, it, visually they Sold just show itself. people playing tennis, and yeah. you instantly look at it and think, 
I know exactly I can, what they're doing. I can do that. Completely yeah. intuitive. Look at the Wii U reveal video, and there is so much text yeah. having to mm-hmm. explain what all this yeah. bull- bullshit business is. Uh, and that was the great failing of that. And even the title yeah. they had to explain Wii U. People were like, "Is it University for Wii?" Is users? it an expansion for the yeah. Wii? It's like, yeah. it's like, hey, we're, we're going to make something that could appeal to fairly hardcore gamers that understand the idea of, oh, you know, asymmetrical gameplay mm. and four v one and separate screen experience, and that's yeah. cool. But we're then going to make no games that actually appeal to those people. It's like, ah, oh well. Yeah, yeah, that's that. What that's, else have we been yeah. playing this week? What have we got on the docket? I finished uh, Rhyme, which I yes. loved. Jim, Jim, I know you, you didn't love it as much as me, I don't think. but I thought it was a good game. Um, yeah. I didn't think it was a, a, one of the true greats uh, in, in its class, in its in its rating. Not journey-level uh, uh, good? It, it was it was a yeah, nice middle ground for me between journey and, like... Um, like if I, it, it was like a middle ground between Journey and the Team Ico games. It was a very, very nice mix of those and a beautiful looking game. Worth playing for the soundtrack alone, by the way. I mean, I it's don't definitely think... worth playing. The, the the guy who did the soundtrack, I looked him up. He's, he's, I don't know if he's ever done a game soundtrack before. I couldn't believe it when I heard that because the soundtrack is so fucking beautiful nice uh, i i would describe it in musical terms but that would bore everyone it just put it this way it tugs at your heartstrings well it tugged at mine but then again my heartstrings are pretty easy to tug so <laughs> i like the music I, I thought it had a great soundtrack yeah. um it had some really wonderful moments and uh, the thing i keep praising about rhyme is its level design mm. even though there is some openness to it there is a very yeah. clear linear path and a very clear linear way of doing things but they turn linearity into an art form in and of itself. Like it's never quite explicitly told to you go yeah, here. It's yeah, they use yeah, yeah. They they use architecture and just yeah. natural pathways to guide you, and it just yeah. it feels right to be going at that pace. Like mm-hmm. when something interesting is happening, you want to go with the flow. I ended up halfway through ignoring a lot of collectibles because I, I didn't want to stop and root yeah. around for stuff. Um, because I just wanted this to be a seamless experience, and I think yeah. it's one of the best, one of the best examples of how linearity can make a game better, um, mm. depending on the type of game you're trying to tell. You know, everything wants to be open world sandbox now, uh, and those games can be utterly fantastic. But there are certain types of stories you cannot do that way. Certain types of experiences that can't really be recreated in an open world. Do it at and, your own place environment. And it's funny because the first twenty minutes or so of Rhyme would almost have you believe it's going to be one of those open world sandboxes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it actually turns out it's quite a linear experience, a very guided, direct experience. But uh, yeah. oh my goodness, that ending! Obviously, not going to spoil it, but wow! It, it it I just sat there staring at the screen and, and shed a little tear at the end. <laughs> That's it was, all uh, I say. Yeah, we, we were talking about it a bit beforehand, and mm. uh, if it a, a little bit about how it was staggered uh, and the build toward it kind of deflated it for me personally, um, me personally, uh, and that that kind of put a. a, a the kibosh on me really saying oh that's brilliant so i didn't yeah. quite end it with the feelings a lot of other people have although i don't blame them uh, isn't it I, funny I though how anyone's it's... fault i mean it's not you know i understand anyone really loving that ending it just didn't quite hit for me because of the delivery method it's funny how different people interpret the pacing it's something i've never really thought about because for me 
it's like you said you for you the pacing at that point was starting to drag on a little bit if i'm yeah. interpreting you correctly like, sort uh, for of, me i felt it's a short game for me i was surprised i thought there was going to be like another half hour or another hour or so to go and it just ended i was like oh that's interesting so I would, I would definitely say try Rhyme if you enjoyed Journey and the Team Ico games. I'll give it a wee try now that supposedly the issues that the PC version have are now resolved. There was a controversy surrounding its implementation of DeNovo, and I say implementation specifically because according to certain reports, this thing was doing calls to DeNovo, something ridiculous like 300 times a second yeah. that was tanking performance. Which is like, I, why would you yeah. wow. that? I the, was having weird performance issues and I had like a pretty beefy gaming rig and I shouldn't yes. have issues with a game like that. Yeah, supposedly it was just the way that the devs implemented Denova. Supposedly Denova does some degree of consultation with the dev, but they're not directly responsible for implementing the system. They implemented it in the worst possible way. So yeah. it did no, tank to, performance. To confirm Turning, for the chat, um, by the way, Lindsay Sterling uh, was involved with the soundtrack. Yeah, she did. Yeah, uh, she did yeah. something She uh, did one great. song, mm -hmm. yeah, and it's beautiful. But the, the actual instrumental soundtrack is just stunningly gorgeous. Oh, yeah, also very, these, like, very good. Not them. Sweeping yeah. strings for your, like, emotional just um your basic emotional uh what's the word i'm looking for your basic emotional setup with the strings but then i don't understand these, emotions like, gav pianos and to them flutes to me. doing little arpeggios over it to add that little bit of excitement to carry you forward as well i just oh it was just so beautifully done and, and very minor key but not depressing which is it's very rare in, in games mm. i find glad to hear that yeah i'll um, try it out now that it doesn't run like crap they but, took de novo off as soon as it got cracked which regarding regarding the performance doing. uh turning the aa down to the lower setting gave me about 15 frames which mm. uh which shouldn't happen but it, it it's a thing it, it yeah. happened <laughs> fair enough mm. cool. there's no rhyme or reason for it hey. ha, 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 ha. not a rhyme of the ancient mariner i've done that already that's <laughs> yeah. well that's funny because it is a game called rhyme and it is about an ancient mariner there you go whoa yeah. Yeah, the trolls fell into the sea. Oh, wonderful song. 14 <laughs> glorious minutes of Bruce Dickinson just wanking on stage. It's lovely. How could you not? We played so we played Dark Souls the board game. And I'd love to had that in my house for ages and I've not So we played it. Uh we played it twice in fact. We went down to Momocon quite recently, which was great. It was a really fun time. Myself, Jesse, Dodger out there. We did some stage shows. It was a lot of fun. Great convention. I'd happily go again. Very friendly people. Very cool audiences. But of course, down there, they do have a tabletop section. I did bring my copy of Dark Souls thinking, hey, you know what? It might get played. I also brought, which is an interesting comparison, Bloodborne, the card game. Which I also have and have not. I do know that was a thing. It is. Two very different things. Let me put it that way. You've got one board game, which is incredibly heavy, massive, expensive, cool board game with awesome miniatures. Hey, look at his ammo and look at his belly. Isn't it wonderful? Oh my God. Just full of miniatures, <laughs> trying its best really to emulate the experience of the video game down even to just little details. The way that the boss behavior works. There's an AI deck. The way that you can learn its attack pattern. All that kind of thing. The way that you drop your souls in the place that you died. All mm. that kind of stuff. 
And then you have Bloodborne the card game, which makes absolutely no effort whatsoever to be like <laughs> the video game. And yet in doing that, probably produces a more compelling experience. Certainly one that's so a lot like less clunky. Is it like Top Trump's Yarnum edition? Or? <laughs> no, not even close. It's a 30-minute co-op dungeon crawling with a little bit of competitive fuck you element it's okay. actually really cool we played a good few rounds of it the simple principle of bloodborne the card game is you go through just a little deck of bloodborne monsters three mini bosses then a main boss the main boss has effects on the whole game so maybe one will buff up all the monsters maybe one will make it so if somebody dies twice the whole game is over it's weird experiencing Bloodborne as kind of a co-op dungeon crawler because that's not really yeah. what Bloodborne is. Yeah. But there's this little competitive. Well, element. then again, I mean, it, it it may harken back to the the actual. Um, I forget now. It's been a good grip since I last played it. But the the, the dungeons that could um, the be chalice. played online, the chalices. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the chalice it's called dungeon. everything's called the chalice dungeon run in that game. Right, you can then, play with up yeah. to five people. And you get a set of basic cards in your hand, just five, which consists of like two weapons, actually three weapons, like the Hunter's Pistol, the like Bone Cleaver or whatever. And then two other cards, which is either um, Go to the Hunter's Dream, which is essentially like folding in poker. Right. And every time you go to the Hunter's Dream, you get all your health back. You bank your existing blood echoes and you lose yeah. them if you die. And you get a new weapon card to add to your deck, oh. um, which... All, and all the stuff in the hunter's dream is better than your default this is and, sounding a lot more because because I, I opened up and read a few basic bits about the the dark souls board game and i've i just bought the bloodborne card game on a whim back at um tabletop day and it's just sat there and i had yes. no idea how it played but you're making that one sound like something i've got to jump on it's super easy to teach I, I taught it to my 13 year old who had no knowledge of bloodborne and also uh mathis's girlfriend who barely ever played tabletop before and they got in really easily as opposed to fucking dark souls the board game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, oh I'm my god to, which not only I gonna, is I was that i ask about the dark souls board game because i played a bigger a manual bit, um, in oblivion so yeah, many board I, games are like that now though like, it's just it's so it's a it's a badly organized manual. That's the main yeah. problem. There are concepts that are all over the place. It's not logically taught. A lot of advances you need, you have been need made. To get good TV. A lot of advances have been made in how board games teach their players. Fantasy Flight, who is a very big board game producer, they have the Star Wars license, XCOM, all sorts of other cool things. Their Battlestar Galactica game is one of, is one of the best board games ever made. It's lovely. They've moved to a two manual model where one is a learn to play manual, which is basically this is how to play your first game, straight up walk through, everything's logically laid out, and this is a reference book for everything else. Right. You refer to it when you need it. It works. That we, makes sense, yeah. We, I taught Star Wars Rebellion to myself and my wife that way, which is a quite a complicated game, and the two-manual approach worked well. Dark Souls manual wow. is a clusterfuck. It's all over the place. It's a pain in the ass to teach, but it is deliciously complex and clunky, kind of like Dark Souls is clunky. Mm. Even to the way boss love, movement works. I would love Dark Souls Pictionary. <laughs> <laughs> I... I played some of the Dark Souls board game. I think it was back at CoxCon last year. And the biggest issue besides the sort of like complexity of like trying to learn those mechanics jumping in for the first time was that it felt like it inherently lost something from the Dark Souls mechanics in that there wasn't that sense of urgency when you're fighting a boss where, you know, when you're fighting a boss in Dark Souls, like you've got to very quickly respond to what's going on and something was just sort of lost in the translation to tabletop at least when i played it maybe i was playing it wrong but is th is there anything different 
now that it's out or does it still I mean, just sort of feel a bit more a bit more slow and measured than <laughs> not, not boring it is a, it's a lengthy slow game and measured than dark souls i have to say i would never play not just personal taste i could never play a, a dark souls board game i mean I th- that's one of the issues boring. with it is that the game is actually grindy like mm. the like the um regular gamers if you you run through it you kill stuff you get souls you get some loot if you go back to the bonfire you can then spend your souls on level ups and equipment drops from the treasure deck if you go back to the bonfire and use a spark everything resets so all the mobs respawn just like in dark souls and you have to do that i think really at least once because if you don't and you run all the way through to the boss and hit the fog gate the chances are you're not gonna have the gear you need to beat it. Well, this this right. is I you guess gotta go through my... and recollect things. Yeah, yeah this is like grind. Like the one thing that doesn't feel consistent to Dark Souls is in Dark Souls you could just run through bosses and if you're good you could do it. That's the problem and... with translating to a to yeah. a board game. There is there's dice. You know, there's a random element. You can get whacked by the boss for over half your HP through mm. no real fault of your own. But how would you translate the skill of Dark Souls to a tabletop turn-based game? I think that's not an impossible. Yeah. Cheese. Which... it's not to say that they've done a bad job in translating it but it's when everything else is trying so hard to mirror the mechanics i don't know it just makes that stand out a bit might have been better to have reduced how much they're mirroring and Mm. make it a bit more board gamey rather than go for so much authenticity and then have glaring holes in it you know play it like everyone did fighting fantasy books you know you just like you put your, you put your thumb two, in just, before just that. So <laughs> Reroll it, put your thumb in the last thing. Yeah. You see, I liked it when they start getting wise to that because they'd actually fuck you three or four choices before that in the yeah. fork because they knew people were sticking their thumb in and saying, oh, I made a back yeah. choice, I'm going to go back. And then they screwed you on it. And they, they'd have it where like when you get to X point, add 20 onto the page you're on. Yeah, and there wouldn't be yeah. a hint Sneaky on that Sneaky bastards, page. yeah. Now, there's something that could make a great video game. The Steve Jackson and, and Ian Livingston knew well, They've they tried. Already ha- they've they've, they've, they've made several. Yeah, they? They've done... Um, I played... It was on the DS... They did a, tried to do a dungeon crawl one based on oh, orcs and wow. orcs and something. Huh. It wasn't that one, I don't think. It was actually one of the books. I want to say it was Death Trap Dungeon, uh, but it may have been Citadel of Chaos. Yeah, the, um, there was just recently a re-release of Warlock at Firetop Mountain, which is they oh, translated yes. the book, but they put some video game elements in it. Source nice. is one. Go and play, if you go if you want to spend a good few hours of. Awesome writing, great art, really great gameplay. Get the Sorcery Quadrilogy on iOS because they took, you know, that was the advanced fighting fantasy, basically, Sorcery by Steve Jackson. Those translations are wonderfully well done. Yep. I know I bought the. um, There you go. There's some sorcery. Amazing books. Ah, Sorcery is is lovely. They're so fucking good. I used to love the hell out of them. Um, For my. A couple Christmases ago, I got um, The Pit. I think it's called Into the Pit. Uh, yes. which is an old monster compendium from back in the day. Uh, a friend of mine had it and used to, we used to just love looking at the pictures and stuff. And it's I really wanted it again. And it, it's great to look through and mm. and read. And yeah, I used but, to love those. They were great. The, the, four, the four sorcery books to me were head and shoulders above all the other ones. They were oh, yeah. so fucking... Better written. They, they had was, advanced they really mechanics. They really hit their peak there. Yeah. Is that the one that On started iOS, with the Shamatanti Hills, where I think? Yeah. Is, yeah. Yes. I loved that. Is the 
book that introduced me to the concept of the manticore and it therefore yeah. became one of my favorite monsters in Super cool. mythology because yeah. that artwork on the cover of shamasanti hills is mm. so effing good yeah. just so good. good you seem i i just discovered that death trap dungeon is on steam if you it's oh. an old the playstation way, yeah. game yeah they mm. did a full-on third person dungeon crawl game after death trap dungeon and mm. then they did a bunch of we're going to translate the books in some way either just directly which are fine, yeah, by a, the way. I've got a direct translation PS Vita as yeah. well. Warlock of Firetop Mountain. Yeah, Tin Man games then, I think. Those books were so fantastic because in the days before we had stuff like open world games where you could like explore these amazing worlds, these books were the closest thing we had to that in our this, Yeah, they could give you yeah. this. Also, you could get them from the school library. It was. It felt like you were getting one over on the education system. It's like, I'm reading, but I'm also playing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Can we talk about this amazing ad for Death Trap Dungeon that I just linked in chat there? And I yes. am going to put it in the... Oh. In the in the chat for for everyone to see as well that is phenomenal uh, 90s advertising yes very I, much so yeah i miss the <laughs> days when video game companies could get away with just putting a literal dominatrix in their adverts that's that's wonderful oh, here's wow. the crazy thing oh, wow <laughs> the advertising is almost like that of wow. dark souls where it's like this is really hard and it's purposely hard was actually horrendous. it's funny because the, the books difficult. generally weren't like that they didn't have a lot of kind of sexism and, and no, no, no. But it but was, it was, it was, but it was 90s advertising of 90s video games. Yeah. Uh, remember, so oh God. A dominatrix there. You remember bloody um, Derek Smart's Battlecruiser 3000 AD, where it, he, <laughs> she, he just got, I assume, a porn star, half-naked porn star, sit bottoms off in front of a big box of Battlecruiser 3000 AD. Tagline is just, she really wants it. It's like, no, she probably does not. <laughs> Nobody does. Of, uh, that game was awful. For, for Super Mario Brothers 2, where they just had some woman draped over a pile of them and underneath it just said tits. Why? <laughs> I don't remember that one. You mean oh. that beautiful image right there? That must just this... pass me by. This, this right there? That oh, exact one. Oh, you found it. it. Yep, that one. Mm -hmm. That was the one. It was, I, it was very one? unusual for Nintendo at the time, but... Uh... <laughs> I don't Derek's know smart. what that game is, but I know it's I want awful it. awful is what it is. Absolutely <laughs> awful. So again, back to the Dark Souls board game, I guess. I, I think if what you're looking for is as close a translation as you can from the video game to a board game, if you're also willing to put several hours into it, it's pretty cool. I, I think in terms of like just an elegant, fun game, the Bloodborne card game is far above that. It is designed by a very experienced designer who made some incredible games. It's not like Bloodborne, but as a totally co-op, but I can screw you over because this is more of a who gets the most score at the end, tactical card game that's easy to teach. Bloodborne just runs away with it. It's a wonderful game. It's awesome. I'd recommend it to, and I've never played Bloodborne, but I love the hell out of it. And as did the other two other people at the table who never have either. Anyone uh, who You've got to regularly... love Dark Souls to like Dark Souls, a board game though. Anyone who regularly listens to our podcast is completely sick of hearing about Bloodborne. <laughs> when that game came out, I don't think we talked about anything else for like four weeks. We talked a, lot, we talked a fair bit about Bloodborne. Yeah. A fair it's, bit. it's a masterpiece. I mean, it's just, there's no other word for it. It's, incredible oh, game the battleborn that. guys battleborn <gasps> just just so when they've put a they've put a free trial out now permanent I free liked trial battleborn. i, I so still I. maintain a fondness for yeah. it i thought it was a great little game that I mean, just 
got launched got badly, really badly screwed over. Had some pretty key problems with it. Wasn't well problems. marketed. Mm. I go back and play it because you know I thought it was a genuinely good game. It was. A... I enjoyed it. I liked being the mushroom person. Yeah. If I... it launched a year before <laughs> fella... Overwatch, it, it would have done all right. I think. The, yeah. the fellow with I, the, I the hat and the rifle and the owls. That he was a lovely fella. Loved him. I, I think the main lesson I learned from um, Overwatch's success and Bloodborne's failure is you need to put a time traveling lesbian on the box Battle of your game Bo- and Battleborn. then it will sell. Not Blood- Bloodborne. I don't think had a time traveling lesbian, but Battleborn, yes. Uh, yeah, Battleborn, yeah, no no time-travelling lesbian on the box, unfortunately. No, no, unfortunately not. But yeah, it's... Bloodborne's got... lore is very mysterious. You wouldn't know if there was... You never know if yeah, they're in. I mean, was Eileen the Crow a time-traveller? We And we don't know if she... Oh, gosh, I'm realising now, did I accidentally say Bloodborne instead of Battleborn? Yes, that's exactly ago, what you did. Yes. Okay. It's, still, it's still the same thing, though. It One means exactly the exact same thing. Success is determined by your cover box art. True. Yes, Bla- Bla- Battleborn was also about menstruation and pregnancy. Are you suggesting that yes. Battleborn was? Yeah. And Overwatch, no, it, was, yes. it, was a, it was a very, very deep subtext, but it was there. Okay. Bloodborne is a game all about menstruation and pregnancy. Oh, it is, yeah. 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 And, and we're saying that I mean, the levels also called, Battleborn and Overwatch. The, the levels Mario called the nightmare of fucking menses. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Indeed, I love how I, I mentioned that on Twitter once, and people got really disgusted. And uh, I was like, "So you don't mind that in this game you shove your fist up a pig's ass and pull its intestines out? But because there's something to do at period blood, now you're fucking grossed out." Ew, cuties. <laughs> yeah, man. Cuties. Probably yes. more hygienic than the blood in a pig's asshole. I mean, I'd imagine. Anything I don't have any scientific probably. proof to back that up, but <laughs> isn't very. I don't know. So you don't know what on, kind of lifestyle the styles those pigs lead. Sorry, I'll shut up so you can move on. Moving on to video <laughs> I'm games. Just saying, if I had to pick one or the other to see at the bottom of a KFC bucket, uh, I probably. Whoa, 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 whoa wait, what? what? Whoa, pause. Wait, what? Like. You get to the bottom of the bucket and there's like a video playing, or there's an actual asshole in the bottom of the bucket. I'm talking about an actual, like, like a physical fried up along with the rest of the chicken. Moving along like, to just... video games. <laughs> Are you Anyone sure you else don't got a hat stick to throw one? in it? No, sure I'm pretty stick sure. With menstrual blood Fairly clots in certain. How did, how did the asshole yes. get there, though? I have it so is many the questions. Po- Moving podcasting. on. <laughs> is it just the butt cheeks and like a little? I'm going like, to mute how? every one of you. If Before we move on, I just want to say children. I'm so glad I'm not the one that did the gross out humor. <laughs> uh, all I'll say is you need an empty flashlight holder. Oh God's sake! <laughs> what are you doing with your chicken? Everyone blames me for the gross out humor. Jesse, you don't want to know what he does with him. chicken. Moving <laughs> on to video games, children, please, Jesse. What have you been playing this week? Uh, yo, can I just give a delightful shout out to, and I, I, I have been playing an early build of, uh, uh, Hand of Fate 2. Ah, yes. And, like, shout out to that game for just being fun. Like, a fun little adventure that, uh, still, still has a lot of kinks that need to be worked out before release, but, like, you know, it's a card game plus you're sort of arkham in your way around and killing people. Like, what's not to love about that? So uh, I've been messing around with that. I like that this time around they've um, made it a little more tactical. So some of the missions you go on 
uh, one of the ones I think a lot of people have already played, so it's easy to talk about, is the um, mission where at the end, no matter what, an assassin is going to find you and will yes. do a certain amount of damage to you. And so your your basic um, objective is you go through the, the Get level. Get your health up. So yeah, you he want doesn't to max out your health you. as high as you can. So when he does hit you, and then you go into the fight, you at least have some life left to beat him, which yes. is pretty cool. Like, I love that idea. Um, there's one where it has to do with food and collecting food and, like, giving it to people as you go through the level. So you want to have enough food that you can continue on because each time you move, you lose a little apple. But at the same time, you want to dole it out to people and keep people happy. So it's it's pretty interesting uh, the nice overarching objective, you know, because there was a degree of resource management in the original Hand of Fate, but a lot of it was like, yeah. you sit there, he flips over a card, tells you what it does, flips over another card, etc. but add a little bit more of that in there, add it, make it a little bit more tactical, improve that yeah. Arkham Combat, because let's be honest, the Arkham Combat was the weakest bit of Hand of Fate. Absolutely. It was yeah. clunky, It you know, you were stuck with it. It was a very a, nice idea, and it, at it least was. served its purpose it wasn't yes a huge deal breaker but it would have been a way better game had that stuff if, if they'd have gone all out on the combat as well it would have and they kind of have now you can i think you can have a companion along with you Excellent. that does different stuff you dual wielding is a thing much larger variety of weapons when i played it last year at pax everything definitely felt better it felt tighter uh so it I looks like say, they've play, got that playing breath of the wild recently was the first time i've ever really started to miss the arkham combat system <laughs> really yeah i couldn't stand the combat in breath in the wild really yeah why is that I go mean, on um oh jesus where do i oh, put you on the start? spot there haven't i, I asked you about an opinion yeah the 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 tiny ineffective dodge mechanic the weapons breaking every five seconds the the just movement in general during combat, I just, I couldn't deal with, I just, I ended up just throwing bombs and like going off and wandering into a high level area and stealing a bunch of high level weapons yeah. and then coming back and then. Yeah. You yeah. didn't Hello? bother me that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I noticed Jim's disappeared here because he doesn't want to get in trouble because I know he kind of agrees with me a bit. <laughs> I, uh, Jim's known for dodging Seven. controversy. <laughs> Seven out of ten worst game ever, Breath of the Wild, Jim Sterling. Yeah. I, I love Breath of the Wild. Me. I think that was someone on Destructoid. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> Look, I love that game, but it's for me far from a ten. Like I I, I just I thought it was very flawed, but still a beautiful well, experience. Well, speaking as Nintendo's number one fan, <laughs> um, the only real Nintendo fan who exists, uh, which we've <laughs> clinically proven on the Jimquisition by now. Uh, I'm offended by what you've said about uh, the world's perfectest game. Yeah. Um, it is it is the Kurt Hennig of video games and you have sullied its honor. It's, uh... I, I gave... I death gave threats that... coming in from Jim Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave that game a 10. I, I recognize it's not perfect, but I think that it did enough interesting and unique that was not being done in other games that kept me hooked in a genre that I usually cannot stand, that I felt it merited being highlighted as something very special because like, I don't stick with open world games of that type the whole way through. And I did with Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and like for its flaws, I think that the fact it got me to play 200 hours of it in a genre oh, I a usually don't stick with says a lot for me. Yeah, that's not too shabby when it comes to the value. 
Mm. Let me let me rephrase that. The combat in Breath of the Wild was cool. I just didn't like the melee combat. So all, it, all the other methods of combat. Oh, okay. Fun. So range is all right. Chucking bombs, yeah. shooting bows. Chucking bombs, firing arrows. Being strategic was fun, but just having a sword fight, I just bleh. Right. I enjoyed the sword fights. I, yeah, I, I know you did. I get why I people think for me, it, but I liked them. If I hadn't just finished Horizon when I started it, I probably would have had a better time with it because I just fell in love with Horizon like no other game since Witcher 3. So maybe I was a bit biased going in, you know? It's interesting because I think a lot of people felt the opposite way about those two games that yeah. Zelda ruined Horizon for them rather than the other way around. Yeah, I know. It's funny mm. it was the other way around for me. I didn't bloody play either of them. They both run at 30 frames per second, which is kind of disgusting. Yeah, I remember you your tweet. It. If you add both of them together, you can have enough frames yeah, for Yeah, add them game. together, it'll be a video game. <laughs> oh my goodness, the it's responses like, to that it's tweet like, were sorry. Happy. <laughs> you want some? You want some frames? I got some right here. Hell, even your new iPad's got some frames. 120 hertz <laughs> screen. You can't even see more than 24. What's Apple thinking? <laughs> bloody nonsense, that. The human eye can't frame rates. It we cannot. know this. None of them. Zero frame the rates. The human eye can't see above 30 well. FOV. No, uh, no. We're all walking around wearing horse blinders is what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> a philosophical point, really, more so than anything. Let's take a yeah, break when we come back. Is, is, is the chat really angry at me right now, Laura? <laughs> They're mostly no, just spamming just 59, the 59 Fraps uh, 50, logo. 59 frame rates appearing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick break when we come back to talk a little bit more about games that we've been playing, wrap up what news there is, and do a little bit of releases, most of which look like absolute tosh, but we'll be right back after the break. You're watching the Corruptional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Corruptional Podcast for the final 50 or so minutes of the show. Talk a little bit more about anything else that we've been playing this week and then move on a little bit to news as a little bit rolling around for instance the fact that they quite literally announced the death of green light about an hour ago said it's done officially today it's gone but we'll get onto that in a moment anybody good anything else that they've been playing that they'd love to talk about oh right back to wolfenstein the new order that's always Probably. a good thing it's a, it's um, a great game. What if there's well, an announcement at E3 about a new one? There almost oh, certainly will so be. They great. were teasing new Colossus last year, I believe. So that's absolutely yeah. going to happen. That would be awesome. I hope they don't go the route they did with the uh, expansion with the zombie stuff. I did was... not like Old Blood that much. I'm told that I kind of gave up on it right before it got good, but that doesn't mean the first four hours oh, really? of it shouldn't have been better. Oh no, it was the other way around for me. I liked the first four hours in the castle, but I didn't like all the zombie stuff after. Alright, which is fair. I mean, mm -hmm. Wolfenstein has done the paranormal thing a lot, but generally mm -hmm. speaking, it's done it in a way more interesting way. Mm -hmm. And that is like, the zombies, like, is that all you could come up with? Really? Yeah, and it, it was at a point as well when that came out when every second game coming out was some form of zombie game. That did not that. help, no. Yeah. Absolutely not. God damn, I'd love a new Command & Conquer game. I just realized that out of nowhere. It's like, give me another Command & Conquer game. Or just remaster of any existing one. That would be great. Yeah, I could, yeah. I could, I could go for more Red Alert too. I really enjoyed that. I'd go for a nice remaster. That would be very enjoyable, actually. It's one of the few strategy games I would uh, be able to get into because I don't have the brain to do... I'm not very clever, so I can't they're do so, strategy they're stuff. They're so hard. It's the it's 
it's the micromanaging more than two or three things at once. It just fries my brain. I just can't do it. <laughs> that's it's off very... the bloody fun of it. And everyone that's tried to change that, well, they either became mm -hmm. League of Legends or they fail miserably. Oh, no, I'm not saying they should change it at all. I'm just saying that's why I can't play them because they're just too hard for my stupid brain. Get a nice big blob of tank, send it that way, and then launch mm. a few <laughs> super weapons and hope for the best. Mm. I, I couldn't even do Brutal Legend. Like, that's how bad at RTS stuff I am. I'm, I mean, there's a, there are a good few valid reasons not to be able to handle Brutal Legend's RTS bits. They're a bit odd. <laughs> yeah. I liked yeah. them because it was like Sacrifice, which was a wonderful shiny game, but that game was also very odd, but great for that reason. Brut so Brutal Legend had the most lying demo of any game. Oh demo, god, it demo did ever. It made you think it was gonna be this awesome like third person action slasher thing, and then you play the game and it's a fucking RTS. <laughs> well, I mean it took about six hours to get to the RTS bit. Uh, all things yeah. considered. I love that fact. I think it was great. But yeah, you're probably right. I think a lot of people did not want that. I did. What a soundtrack, though. Wow. Oh, yes. Mm. Mm. Ozzy Osbourne is the guy that does your upgrades. I love it. Lemmy. Lemmy is the, the, Rest the in bass peace. master. Yeah. Yeah. I've Ava. been... I've, I've been replaying uh, doing my new game plus on Persona 5. Ah, yes. And still working my way I'm, through the first playthrough of that. Yeah, I'm I'm still loving it. Um, my The thing that's annoying me most on the, the second playthrough that annoyed me the first time around as well is still the fact that with the checkpoints as far apart as they are sometimes up to say 30 or 40 minutes of dungeon crawl apart i really dislike the combination of enemies with uh with one hit kill attacks that can yeah. randomly insta kill you alongside if your lead party member joker dies your whole party is considered dead and you go back to the checkpoint that can occasion, it doesn't happen often, but it can be really irritating if you get insta-killed and have to go back like 30 minutes of progress. Like you, you yeah. can work around it by doing things like selecting personas that are- that don't immune, have. That yeah. are immune to whatever the insta-kill type is that is prevalent in that dungeon. But the like if the first time you see that insta-kill attack is when it's used on Joker, and yeah, you, you don't see it coming. Able to prepare yeah. a persona and you go back 30 minutes of progress that's irritating yes that's a very persona like thing i think that's the reason i haven't done a new game plus on a persona because to me that's not mm. what i play persona games for the combo of the cool social gaming and the storytelling and the dungeon crawling is a nice little combination one yeah. gives you the break from the other if you overindulge on one aspect of that game to me it sends it right off the rails yeah. so i will not I do new game plus on persona 5 persona 5 I, i've heard so much about this game and what I want to ask you guys is, is it good enough that for someone who, who can tolerate turn-based combat but doesn't love yes. it, and yes. who just yes. isn't into yes. anime 100%. at all? Yes, yes. There's such even a, that, a yes. fluidity to the way it operates that um, it, even though it's very clearly a turn-based thing, it moves at such a pace, it feels yeah. like... And an it's is the story good enough that it would transcend for yes. someone who really doesn't like yeah, anime? Great. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, probably have every chance to, to yeah. draw you in. More so than four, I think, so actually. so many people shout at me to play that game okay. this year. Like, what, don't what worry I'll about say, the anime, trust me. What, what, what I'll say about it mechanically that might help if you, if you will tolerate but don't want to keep grinding at turn-based combat, if you work out a an attack that your enemy is weak to, you yeah. can basically hold down a trigger button in combat, and if you have a move that they're weak to, it'll automatically do that move. And like, there's a lot of things like that that will okay. like if you fought an enemy before. Is there an easy move? 
<laughs> there is. I yeah. mean, generally with turn-based stuff, I just put it on easy because I cannot stand random yeah. shit in games. If if you're not big on turn-based combat, put it on easy. Mm. Uh, bear in mind that you can you can get it to auto do melee attacks. You can auto yeah, target with mode, whatever attack an enemy is weak against if you fought them before. There's a lot of things like that. A that lot of the fiddling out through. Yes, yeah. it, I don't like JRPG dungeon crawling either. Persona Four is one of two JRPGs I've ever finished. The other being Dragon Quest Eight. Persona Five will probably be the third one that I finish. So that should be an indication that. And here's here's a very important cool. thing that that is the decider for me on Persona Five. <laughs> do they do the thing that they do in all the anime stuff where they keep grunting and going oh, 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 no. all the time? Whenever really. they see something, no, they exclaim they, it. Oh. No. no, they typically okay. um, actually speak in response, if I recall correctly, a lot of time. Okay. There's a lot of talking, which it's you might either, also not like. It's either talking in response or silence. Like talking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a lot yeah. of that. Well, enjoy the first seven hours basically being on rails. There's a lot of talking. Yeah. Uh, if you don't like the characters, you're going to be fucked because you're stuck with them for a long time. But yeah. get, get used to your cat telling you it's time to go to bed, even though oh, you still want to be doing fuck content. that guy. <laughs> the visual style was so cool that it, it is kind of super cool. has tempted me to play it more than most other anime style things. Yeah, it's worth it's worth giving a go. I know um, Persona Four for me was I tried some of Persona Three, but I never gave it enough. Of, I gave it two hours, which is normally enough of a fair shake for a video game but persona 3 has persona a lot of hours, problems like maybe not so much um, but I, I stuck with it with persona 4 and then just hit a point where i'm like because i was like okay this is okay all right i suppose this you, is interesting a little and then yeah. suddenly oh that's why everybody loves you the, you have to like, go into persona games knowing that their pacing um definitely at the beginning of the game and at points, otherwise <laughs> Yeah, glacial is a good word for it. The pacing can really drag in places. I'm okay it's, with slow pacing. Yeah, I mean, it's, I like I liked the pacing in Assassin's Creed too. So. Yeah, the the place where it's most notable is always the opening because the opening will be very linear. You don't really get to make any choices. You're not hitting any of the combat or the dungeons, and it's just read through an awful lot of text. Mm. It's good text, but there's a lot of it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, thankfully Persona 5 did toss in a little bit of fighting early on uh, and a bit of dungeon yeah. to, to spice it up, but in trade for that, the linear opening on rails drags longer than Persona 4's did, uh, so that's yeah. a bit of a trade-off. But yeah, I, I mean, it's a, what a lot of Japanese that's... games love to do, which is a huge straight-up illusion of choice or just straight-up yeah. telling you, no, you can't do that. Persona when... 5 does at least, like, it opens not only with a section of um, of combat, but it also has, like, some interesting hooks of this is where the narrative's going to end up. Now play through this slow opening of introducing Yeah, they, ju they jump back and forth in the timeline, which yeah. uh, they foreshadow a lot of stuff mm -hmm. deliberately, which is an interesting narrative technique. And as you said, the style of it, the aesthetic is wonderful. Absolutely, mm. like completely unique, mind-blowingly good. Yeah, yeah. My That's my great. new game plus. I've been I've been I looked up a guide for new game plus just to Google some things like, hey, what areas was it that had one hit kill attack enemies, and what type of move is it so I can avoid losing progress? Mm. I've I'm not afraid to do that considering I've gone through the game already. So yeah, you don't need I'm to worry about that for a standard playthrough. And honestly, yeah. like to me, I don't think that's what Persona's about. That whole, yeah. the whole dungeon crawling aspect of it, I think it's bollocks. So I just I'll do my one playthrough, finish it, and that'll be it. Do you guys always do that? Because uh, funny you said that, Laurie. Because that's the thing I do as well. On my first playthrough of a game, I'm very reluctant to look up mm. guides and things. But particularly with something now like From Games, on my second run, 
I'll want to make it a bit easier for myself. Oh, yeah, so I'll yeah. always look up the best strategies and the guides oh, and all definitely. that. Definitely. Yeah. Like I, I will play it once through blind and then I feel no guilt about looking mm. up nah. like guides or anything afterwards. And then when you find those really simple solutions to things that took you hours, you're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that game is great. Continuing to make my way through that. Do I, I am looking forward probably after the show to playing a little bit of Wipeout. Oh man, this in 4K 60 is going to be fucking gorgeous. I mean, the soundtrack for the Wipeout games was amazing. Mm. This has 2048 on it, which was the one on Vita that suffered from being on Vita, and now yeah. it's on a capable platform. I've always loved the Wipeout games. I think they're phenomenal. So getting to play this again i'm very much looking forward I, to i'm so happy we are getting a resurgence of super fast floating car yeah. races like that red out like, uh um, that that one that came out on switch Launch. yes yeah uh i'm so glad we're getting the just go ludicrously fast while floating over a track yeah they've also got um grip is currently in early access which is like roll huh? cage and formula fusion i believe x wipeout devs on that i fucking love futuristic racing games especially if yeah. they've got weapons in them love it all over that yeah i'll i may pick up a switch just to play the portable version of red out because red out is incredible yeah play it... red out what are you doing so good mm. when the last one i played was f-zero on the snes also great <laughs> yeah also lovely any other games anyone wants to chop up and toss into the pot i don't know what else has been out recently um i mean i i'm continuing Does to anyone play... play gwent a little yeah, bit man. just a wee bit mm. yeah gwent's wonderful mm. even it's though it's the not... only card game i like <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even into the universe because i didn't really play the witcher games but mechanically it's so different that I, it's got its hooks in me a little bit i don't know if i'll mm. keep playing it long term but i do like it i don't know if i'd play it long term as a standalone but as a mini game distraction in the witcher 3 i did find it quite addicting yeah. which is will, funny because i never be like able to games. maintain that long term is a question yeah i'll be interested to see well that. i mean in how many rounds of it would you i mean i got all the cards in the in the core game and that what was it about that would be about maybe 40 50 games you play over the entire game i could be completely wrong here it could be much less i imagine they're wanting to play a lot more of that yeah yeah On only other one i might throw in of games i've played is i've been playing disgaea 5 on the switch and ah. the only thing the literally the only thing i can say about that game is that game's a really good fit for switch it's really nice to yep. have a portable version of that game considering how ridiculously ludicrously lengthy it is but good it's God, also yes. nice to have a tv option like that is it's a game that benefits off being off the Switch and there's really nothing else to say about it. Yeah. Um, I, I like Disgaea on principle. Mm. And as soon as I get into the, this dungeon has a thousand levels and every item is its own yeah. thousand level dungeon, I'm like, please stop. I love tactics. <laughs> this is too much. It's yeah. it's a little bit too far for I, me. It's, it's too intensive for me to ever want to sit down and play on a TV. But... A thousand level dungeon, I will sit and do three or four of them on some travel and then put it down again. I will play it in fits and starts and take three years to get through it. But yes. yeah. I would I would be too daunted to ever turn it on again on a TV because uh that that will absorb my life if I let it. Oh man. I I this guy has a wonderful sense of humor though. Prinnies are the best fucking things oh, in the universe. Yeah. Uh I will that will never change. Um 
speaking of sort of dungeon crawly stuff, I do continue to dip into Dead Cells and now firmly mm. believe it is the best roguelike game that has ever been made by anybody, bar none, even in its current state. Holy fucking crap, that game is good. Jesus. I, I played some of that back at uh, PAX, PAX Australia, I think it was, and it was, it, this was like probably four or five months back. It was already looking really good. This it's this is the phenomenal. one that's phenomenal. Like, yeah, it's the the best I can describe it, and this this doesn't do it justice. Is two D Dark Souls Castlevania, but that doesn't do it justice. No, it's not not so in much the slightest. More than that. Yeah, it, it is. If you took all the roguelite stuff out, like procedural mm. generation, permadeath, meta progression, the three things you have to have for a roguelite, fight me yeah. anyone that claims otherwise. If you took all of that out, it would still be a fucking great action platformer, brawler, Metroidvania-y thing. Add those in, throw in a really compelling loot system that is constantly evolving, a ton of cool roguelite-y things, like this door only opens if you get here in three minutes. Oh, you can get through this thousand gold door, but the gods will curse you and insta-kill you unless you kill ten enemies before this. Random dude says this, you want to tickle some slime? You can tickle some slime, mate. All that kind of mystery stuff. Add all that in on top of it, along with an incredible art style, amazing animation, great performance, unbelievable color palette, slick, tight combat, incredible selection of items and weapons, the fact that they throw cool items and weapons right off the bat at you and make you feel powerful, but also make enemies feel varied and powerful as well. Throw all of that at you and you make just the best roguelite thing that's ever been made by a country fucking mile. It's, it's incredible. It is. It is fantastic. Like I, I, I will stand by the f how good this game is. In that, like, I think there's a quote of something I said of it on the Steam page, and I'm like, yeah. I usually am a bit iffy about devs doing that before their games are out because I think they took something from a preview and put it in their reviews column on 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 Steam. But I was like, you know what? Your game's really good. I'm gonna let this one slide because your I, game's really. I damn think they retweeted me when I said. Um... It seems like Dead Cells took everything that I don't like about roguelike games and fixed it all. And mm -hmm. I stand by that. I think they have. Since I just I just did a video on a lot of the roguelite, which in this case was a space game called Everspace, which falls into a bunch of the traps roguelike games have a tendency of falling into. And Dead Cells avoids every one of those pits. The, the big thing I'll say about it is for anyone that's turned off by the fact that it says early access on it on Steam... Um, they've gone they've gone one way around it that it's for better or worse. They've not done the whole thing of here's the complete game we're putting the features in over time, but you can play it start to finish. They've done you can play this much of the game, but it's feature play half of it. Yeah. Which and, honestly and even half of it yeah. feels pretty damn good. Yeah. The content that is there is very, very polished, but you do hit a sudden this is where the game ends currently. Come back mm -hmm. later, which Yeah. Thankfully, if you're bad, is. you won't hit it. Yay! <laughs> well, that's my question is when I hit that, am I going to remember to come back to it down the line? To, that's the darkest that? dungeon uh, problem, isn't it? Yeah. I think we all, uh, everybody here, I imagine, probably dabbled in darkest dungeon early access, Jim. I believe you tried that out and yeah. we're all like, mmm, yeah. mmm, tasty. Oh, I. I want to finish though. Ooh. Yeah, this this is why I've not been talking about it too much because I'm just like I don't know if I want to recommend this until it's done. I've been uh, it's a tricky one. Uh, 
a lot of people have told me to play it. It's it's all, it's on my list. I need a, a new decent controller for it because um, just something tells me I'm going to want one for that. It does um, recommend it. I play with master keyboard and I think it's yeah, kind of fine. But I have fallen in a few too many um, spike pits, so maybe it'll it's, help. It's on my to-do list because I've heard pretty much everything yeah. said. Just others have said. Be so, aware it, yeah, does, it, it does Darkest Dungeon. It hits its point and says remember to come back later to finish this gotcha gotcha they did just do a big update on it the elemental update which has shoved a lot more stuff in it but yeah it is kind of like this is really good when it comes out it'll probably be really good maybe i should hold off a bit but it is it's nice though it's mm. Mm, it's a good game yeah it's really good, it's a good game and i'm still playing a little bit of Skullgirls on mobile which is surprisingly good collectible gacha fighter most of those suck this feels like an actual fighting game you can play with one thumb and it's got all Skullgirls assets in it which is great great animation great music great characters i i'm definitely running into the i'm a bit worried because Skullgirls doesn't have a very big roster so doing a kind of gacha collectible fighter with only that many variants available is probably going to be an issue I don't feel like it's shaking me down for money. I spent like $15 on it because I felt like it. I've never really felt the desire to put any more money into it. There's so much content, tons of daily events, massive story mode with three difficulty levels, PVP. It's all in there from the start. And yeah, That's I, I play you do every a, day. A microtransactions in games yeah. and stuff. That's how you do a free-to-play model and all, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Probably like why it'll fail, I imagine, because it's yeah. not milking people enough. It'll probably fall flat on its face as a result. It's a bit sad, really, uh, but it's nice. It's nice. I think that's about it, really. Unless anyone has a quick one to toss in, we can move on. I mean, on people over. keep wanting me to talk about Friday the 13th, but oh, I think I've made yeah, my opinion's yeah. perfectly clear on that one. Um, all I'll add, because I've talked about it in several locations, all I'll add from my previous opinions, uh, those opinions being I'm not particularly impressed by the technical shit show, is I don't recall in any Friday the 13th movie Jason Voorhees ripping somebody's arms off and then those arms doing their own special little dances uh, <laughs> as they just plant like magical little trees in the ground Lovely. and just spin around just spin around I can't tell if you're you're expressing this as a positive or a negative right now. <laughs> if anything I love it I'm in I mean, I mean this sounds all a bit evil dead to me <laughs> Considering it can take up to 10 minutes for me to get into a game, I take my pleasures where I can. So oh, yeah. in, in this context, the spinny hand trees are about the best I'm going to get. I would talk about Friday the 13th, but it's difficult to talk about a game when you can't get into a match after several hours uh -huh. of waiting. What gets me is this game is a full release. It's not early yeah. access. Like $40 right off the bat. It's like, this is finished. No, it fucking isn't. And that's very yeah. obvious. Not at all, not at all. And and you know, bless their hearts. I think they wanna, they want to make it good. They're not just taking people for a ride. It's yeah, I've heard some they, good things. They they shot way too early on this one. Yeah. Um, and that's it. The only other game I've been playing is a game called Bricks, which nobody has heard of. Why would they? Okay. But if if you imagine Steam as it is right now, okay, um, where pretty much anything can get up on there, uh, without the refund policy. And no real trading card market, but also no expectation that games are cheap. So you can get away with charging $10 for a game with a buck's worth of content. And you've just imagined what happens when you go down far enough in the PlayStation store. Uh, <laughs> 
PS4, yeah. PS4 really is the Steam console people wanted because the amount of shite, the amount of sleazy, dreary shit that is on that fucking service that I have been finding. Today, Bricks, um, which I purchased to do a, a, some video coverage of just to, again, try and petition Sony to give me the drugs they've been taking uh, <laughs> to allow this and to promote Life of Black Tiger. Um, so I, I, I bought it, played it. It is... Uh, a really shitty Arkanoid breakout kind of thing. It's a you got the pad, you got the bowl, you break the bricks. The only selling point is behind the bricks is some you know anime girl with big old busters in a bikini wobbling about a bit in glorious high definition. Um, no artistic cohesion because they've just pulled these artworks from anywhere. So sometimes you've got. Um, more realistically drawn girls who are either pirates or vampires. I, I don't know why those two things to go together, but there you go. Uh, when it's not scantily clad women, it's other edgy things like death, like like a skull with a cloak and, a, and everything, looking all badass. It's terrifying. Uh, or a werewolf going, rawr. Um, we're not going around because they're silent images. Of course. Um, uh. And... I decided to, I was like, there's no way they've designed these images. I'm just going to find high quality GIFs of things and just put them in the video description. So I, I, I popped it up on YouTube today. Um, turns out instead of that, this is sort of a cannibalistic asset flip because the right. developers, um, S Mobile, whose logo is just spelled Smobile, um, <laughs> <laughs> sell PS4 dynamic themes. Oh, and those, those are the backgrounds in bricks. Are. So they're selling their Bastards. own dynamic themes um, with this really crap, looks like it could be on Google Play for a dollar, Arkanoid clone on it. And, and that's that's what I played this I time. don't know what happened Jim, with Sony sounds, Store, man. That sounds really like a game that used to be in... Now, we're going a long way back. I remember when I was a kid, there was an arcade down the road. And they had this one game where the objective was to like clear the screen. And when you cleared the screen, you'd get like a topless Japanese girl. Yeah, and the, yeah. the game would shout lucky, lucky at you. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> that, in theory, except the- but when we, we were playing that in like 1991, 92. So we were like 11 yeah. years old playing oh, this fucking thing. <laughs> the problem with this one is the, the bricks don't really obscure much anyway. There are only a few levels where some is some, some of the stuff's obscured and it's not like you're looking at it because you've got mm. this ball bouncing around everywhere. So it defeats the purpose. It's like, you can't have a sly wank over this. Even when you beat it, you get a little tune. And then it's gone. So unless you can jizz off real fucking quick, then you're not going to get along well with uh, Jim, Jim, that's what the share button's for. You can say you can very quickly <laughs> save the image to watch later. Yeah. But just, that's piracy just is what that is. Or whatever. Like, you don't need to... Yeah, I imagine you don't need to buy pay 14 bucks for not even porn like the trailer that they're showing on the PS store claims it's got an ESRB rating of M for mature there's no and way I, that was ESRB rated I find that highly suspect and in yeah. that case I would wonder why Sony are allowing lies to be published on their storefront yeah they have but just then they won't talk about any of this no they've just completely forgotten any sense of curation apparently on that platform but yeah there we go speaking of curation so uh, the big news right now as of the last two hours is that green light is officially done now oh, no. hold on yeah bye close today 
That being the 6th of June with direct launching on June the 13th. Uh, I'm going to assume he's coming back with some kind of flag, possibly... Party, party poppers? Or... <laughs> if that was on camera, that would have been ideal. Yeah, we Is missed it. I mean, we got the sound. I'll so give it that. Sorry. We did get the sound. The, the camera shot the paper from the thing all the way over to the back of my monitor where it will now catch fire. All right, I, I trust that happened. I thought you were popping champagne there. I was open. He's, he's going to go find some sparkly. One. He's got, All right, go for it. Give it another shot. Frame yeah, it properly first. One. We don't need the surprise. We need a well-planned, well-framed oh, shot here. It's gonna yeah. have it happen. Hold it up in front of the camera. All right, hey, that's all right. That works. Yep, yeah, yep, go. that's good. Yeah. Do it, do it. Yes. Hey. There we go. It's all over <laughs> our faces <laughs> now. Lovely. Greenlight's dead. Uh, they made a sort of post-mortem blog saying, hey, we launched it in 2012. They were saying, yeah, we, we weren't confident about the taste of our players. We wanted to give more opportunities to games and since then we've had great games come through green light like war for the overworld evil land rogue legacy verdun even recent release like dead cells and black wake and uh, talking about voting through green light and talking about <laughs> this is what gets me the most some of these titles are in the top 100 selling games ever such as the forest and seven days to die <laughs> both of which are unfinished in the back <laughs> i think right now um, seven days to die that also on the playstation network and oh, it's i'm sure it is on it. Uh, the, the thing that kind of gets me about it is they've constantly said this, defending Greenlight. That's like, look, without Greenlight, we wouldn't have possibly known that things like Dead Cells and Verdun and Rogue Legacy and so forth would have been popular. Are you out of... No, of course you would have. There's nothing unusual about any of those games. They're not in some weird genre. It's like, well, we had no idea that this obscure Asian visual novel would suddenly sell a million copies. No, these games were obviously good to anybody. Anybody yeah. that looked at them would have Here's said the thing, that. Like, I'll give them a, a pass on the visual novel. Okay, yes, of course. Surprise. That's fair. But it feels like... That's the only one they've got, but they know, you know, good lists comes in threes and, and stuff like that. Like we need at least three, maybe more. Like what else we got? Like dead. Let's pretend that, that dead cells. We wouldn't think that. Had, yeah, yeah, dead cells. That would have well. never got on there otherwise. Yeah, sure. All right. So I don't know my, what it, video games are, Ethan. So <laughs> my my feeling on the life and death of Greenlight is that it mirrors like the early arc of the Bible. In the, in the Bible, God gives, you know, the power to the humans. And he's like, yeah, I trust you. You can have free will. You can do whatever you want. I trust you not to fuck things up. And then eventually Oops. God has to flood the entire planet and start over. The SF went in two by two, hurrah. Yeah, it's hurrah. like, hey, we, we, we fucked SF up. Went two by two. Sorry. Trusting you to have free will was a big mistake. Let's flood everything and start afresh. And I feel Don't, like don't give him any ideas, Laura. <laughs> Look at <laughs> And so I kind of had to pull back what I said about the forest of seven days to die. They are actually still being updated and they're being played by quite a lot of people, supposedly. Oh, yeah, so they got, they got a, a big fan base. Yeah, that was that was a bit of a surprise because there was a, a period where both of those games were not really being updated at all. And yeah, turns when, out that's not true anymore. Days, so I retract what I said. When seven days went on the PS4, it it was in a very unfinished state and they were charging 30 bucks for yeah, it. And people yeah. were like, what the is this, you know? Um, so yeah, like the, one of the first early access games to be on PS4, but not labeled as an early access game because they don't have that. Yes. So, yeah. Bit dodgy. Yeah. Of course, uh, Steam Direct coming. Do. We know that it's going to cost $100 per game. That is, for a lot of people that do not know, a significant difference from Greenlight, where you could pay $100 and that was it. 
You could submit as many games as you wanted. 100 bucks per game combined with these new methods to disable what is called trading card farming, which is the reason why the majority of these asset flips were there in the first place, will most likely be enough to deter a lot of shit. Combine that hopefully with a better search algorithm and visibility and all that kind of thing and uh, more importance for curators. And hopefully you'll run into less crap on Steam. It'll be there, but it'll be hidden and buried and there won't be a financial incentive to make it. As someone that's done indie game development like oh, and put stuff out on Itch.io before, $100 feels like the perfect amount to do for this. Um, by being on a per game basis, as you said, it stops people from just like paying once and then being incentivized to just dumping 17 farm games out as on. many yeah. games as they can. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's still enough money that it's, it's not insignificant. There are going to be developers who like have made a single game by themselves and that $100 up front might be a barrier to them. And that's a shame, but I don't think it's likely to be a barrier for most people no. doing yeah. low-term indie development. No. And worst case scenario, it's a small enough amount that crowdfunding yeah. that amount isn't Put ridiculous. it up on Itch.io, I mean, think... sell 100 bucks worth of the games, and then fund yeah. the uh, direct with that. I feel yeah. like um, raising the fee could have an, an even worse effect because, you know, being good at making games and having a lot of money, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Being um, good at anything and having a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, exactly. It's, My it's, biggest it's, concern you know. was the effect it would have on developers in countries with much lower mean income. Yeah. So Eastern European developers in particular. Yeah. There's a rising game scene, a development scene in India, in Pakistan, even in Iran right now. South Africa uh, is, is starting to get going there. That would have hurt all of those. Uh, yeah, that's not good. And honestly, a lot of good, lot of good um, games made. In a lot of tosh coming from Russia as well. It's where a lot of the green light card farming came from. But yeah, you're right. You know, there's Some a bunch of, of good Russian devs too. As well, um, their problem isn't so much even the card farming. It's this delusion that they're above criticism. And I know, yeah. yes, you, you've dealt with Been plenty there, of done these. That, got the t-shirt. Plenty of these yeah. chances. Um, and I, I just think don't bother with them anymore. <laughs> When you're dealing with someone with delusions of grandeur that high, no amount of money is going to stop them. No, you can raise it no. as high as you want, but you know we watched a company bankrupt themselves trying to sue anonymous people on yep. Steam because they didn't like their games. There's, there is no financial barrier that would stop them, and instead the financial barrier would just potentially cut out people who might have something worthwhile to bring to the table. Yeah. Ultimately, there's also a recoup system as well, so you do get the money back if you sell a certain number of copies. So I'm not. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a, it's a decent amount. Thousand dollars is the threshold that you get that that yeah. money back, which is, which is so -so, but... reasonable, I would say. You know, yeah. it's, I mean, it's have okay. they mentioned yet what this means for fr like games that are just free? Like uh, I think you, free. I think you just pay the hundred bucks, and yeah. you don't have a way of recouping it. You just pay you the hundred bucks. Well, you just I guess that's that one of those. You're paying to have your art out. No, there, that's I a guess. funny one. Pretty much. Some of some of the most popular uh, games at the moment. Uh, uh, there's this game called Bendy and the Ink Machine, which I haven't oh, yeah, played. Yeah, and yeah, I mentioned this that, on yeah. Pod Position. Uh, I've no interest in playing it, but it is interesting to me that this is a free game. Entirely free. Yeah. I have not seen mentioned once in any gaming media outlet, uh, and yet it's by far the most popular game amongst like kids on YouTube at the moment. And I just think it's that's be really interesting. It's because of MatPat and Game Theory. It, it tapped into the Five Nights at Freddy's yeah, exactly, audience. Yeah. And it was pushed heavily by a couple of massive YouTubers with very young audiences. And of course, since it's free, 
yeah mm -hmm. everyone went in i think matt yeah. did a whole how this is secretly whatever he does uh mm -hmm. and a bunch of kids bought into that yeah uh so that can definitely happen unturned uh back then you know but which is still not a bad you know it's a free game made by a pretty mm -hmm. young uh team by i mean literally young i think it was teenagers made it and it was surprisingly competent for what it was and a lot of kids got into it because like hey this is daisy but we don't have to pay for it and our pet we don't have to try and get our parents credit card and we can all play for free together and stuff yeah. so yeah there was definitely there's room for that but and i guess if if you try and get that big go that route there's merchandise opportunities i of suppose course, yeah you, you know you can donations are usually a long game i guess so you market it to kids you make it free and then you see what opportunities come well yeah. that's what that was what was funny to me about the whole bendy thing it's like um it it made me question the ethics of what we do as YouTubers because all of these YouTubers were getting millions of views and making a lot of money. It seemed like the only people who weren't making money on this game were the people who made the game. Well, if they know? put a price tag on it, they would have. I mean, yeah. it's like, hey, we didn't At make any money. Point, yeah, but your product's did, free. Would, definitely, yeah. <laughs> it's free. I mean, that's that, that's when they, you know, I'm, make I'm the sure sequel. one of them have just thought to themselves, you know, DLC. Yeah. It oh, well, it's a it's a episodic thing, so it'll be interesting well, yeah. to see uh, if they put it. Yeah, hugely advantageous to them. I I don't really worry mm. too much about that stuff because like look, either we as YouTubers, if your game's good, pushed a bunch of sales your way, free marketing you otherwise wouldn't have got, or if you either your game wasn't good, then that's your fault. And if you didn't charge properly, you monetize properly for it. Well, you know there for next time, and you already have an audience there now, which lost, you didn't have before. Leader of so. sorts. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It's promotional. That's how you should view it. You know, it's a promotional product for and, your next big thing. And at hundred dollars, if you have a game plan you're confident in, it's not a huge investment. No, it ain't. You've probably invested way more making the thing that you were going to give away for free. Without a if question. If you weren't yeah. just, you know, piecing it together from some bullshit that you pirated. Yeah. Yep, I agree. All right, we shall move on to releases then. I think I don't really think there's a. A lot else going in on there. I'm going to toss this to you all by Skype here so that you know. Um, Jesse did the culling today. Big thanks to him for that. There were a good 60 titles on there. Uh, thankfully, not so much anymore. So that should make things a little easier. I have a feeling as soon as I switch this overlay, we're going to get uh, double aura again. I'll try to fix that as quickly as I can, but it is what it is. Uh, we don't have a dodger to read it today. So Jesse, you did the culling so you can... Read it out and explain why are these games still here on this release list. All right, here we go. What you got? Uh, the first game, June 6th, that's today, is Passepartout. 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 The Starving Artist. It's a, like an artist simulator, Starving Artist Simulator. And I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> Oh, I nice. covered this. That, that sounds right up my kind of my streets. I covered this on the best of Steam Greenlight trailers when it was trying to get on Greenlight. Um, it's where I, you know, I just look at stuff on there that doesn't look like absolute horror trash, and that was one of them. And it is a very clever idea. People come in, they want something painted, and you, you are making the painting yourself, trying to to match something. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, it seems like a really clever idea. It's got this sort of puppet look to it like everything is uh like like i forget exactly but i think it's a marionette style puppet yeah uh, but everything looks uh like that like you're on a stage more than in a real situation so it's got this really charming 
artificial look to it. Uh, so I'm hoping it's good. I'm hoping it's good. Um, that yeah, that's out to die. Do, do you get to, to argue that. with people about uh, <laughs> doing it for exposure? It, <laughs> I forget the the full details on the mechanics, but there, there, there's mm. some clever stuff going on there. Um, theoretically, whether it works practically, I'll have. I to hope I get out. to quote Picasso at them. Picasso's wonderful line of where she, this woman asked him for a quick sketch, and he did it, and he said that'll be fifty whatever. She said, but it only took you 30 seconds. She said, no, madam, it took me my lifetime. <laughs> oh, apparently fair, fair the, point. the trailer quotes me. So Lovely. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, you, you, you being the famous starving artist. I was uh, with the, the, a lot of these Steam Greenlight games. I'm one of the only guys looking. Yeah. So yeah. for some of these games that I think have promise, I'm the only coverage they've got. So... They they tend to quote me a lot. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on. Otherwise, we will never finish. What's up next? Uh, the next game is for PC and PS4. It's called Randall, and it is a action platformer that kind of looked a little stylish. That I was uh, I was like, all right, it looks a little better than most. Some like it's the uh, concept of future surveillance. Yeah, I mean the trailer is very stylized. Uh, it is, as you said, a very much an action platformer though, of which there are a lot of them. So yeah. it will have to do something a little special. I'm I'm looking out personally for like narratively. It says it's something about a powerful telepath with a touch of schizophrenia, and I'm like, um, let's wait and see how that yeah. turns out because be that's so that. often so poorly portrayed in sure. media. You're yeah. on a thin thin line. Yeah, a touch, a touch of schizophrenia. Yeah. Just, the just, way just, that just phrase does not sound like it's going to be handful tastefully. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll see how that one goes. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, the next game is Hell Warders. I would suggest clicking the second trailer instead of the first one. The first one's jank. All right. But the second one makes it appear to be sort of a Dark Souls visual style Orcs Must Die game. It's a co-op co horde thing. Yeah. Mm. Of which there are quite a few. The question is, will it be a good one? I see lots of numbers popping out of monsters here. It is an early access, so might want to wait on that one a wee bit. Uh, the next game, speaking of Horde, is Neighbor Horde. Neighbor Horde. This is a Horde. huge release. PC, Xbox, and PS4. All right. All at the same time. Ooh. Uh, it looks crazy. This is a crazy looking game. A couch co-op shooter where you and your team of friends use toys as weapons and game-changing superpowers to survive the attack of evil robots and zombie Abe Lincoln. Hey, why Apparently. not? Yeah, why not? Looks a bit bonkers. It's yeah. Like Smash, is it like Smash TV meets Zombies Ain't My Neighbors? I think that's exactly what it is, yeah. by the looks of it. Yeah. It's frantic and colorful. It looks interesting. Looks all right. Yeah. 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 It's a very interesting visual style. What we got? The next game is Zoel Empire. This is a game that I kept in because, honest to God, I can't tell you what's going on. And the description of it is perfect. The Yabbies used to live in harmony. Sure but everything did. changed when the Zoel Empire attacked. Means isn't Zoel like the name of a YouTuber or something? Wouldn't surprise I don't, me. I don't. Let Zoella. I'm not sure when it's the same Glozel thing. Zoella attacks. <laughs> 100 original mechanics. I doubt that a lot. It's like a puzzle game. I have no idea what. The what story. is the fuck with this? I don't know. I love it. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you just you just a thing in a box that rolls. Don't step on certain tiles. I think it looks like like almost a bit like Ilo Milo, but 
but without any of the stuff that made that endearing. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. All right, what else we got? Uh, the next game is Battle Sloths 2025, God the Great Pizza it. Wars. This is a Rooster Teeth game, and it is yeah. a four-player local online murderation. I didn't know them Rooster Teeth people made games, but this looks Apparently like nuclear throne with Rooster Teeth boys in it and sloths and pizza. You are not wrong. Uh, very much a couch competitive sort of thing. Uh, Watching through this, it seems very inspired by stuff like Nuclear Throne because one of the desert maps, I looked at it for a second and had to pause it and go, is that the map from Nuclear it, Throne? It did look, uh, I, yeah, it does look a bit like that visually. Yes, I will admit that. Moving on then. Uh, the <laughs> yeah. next game is Clanarium. It is a Lovecraftian horror game. Uh, bugger that. <laughs> pretty great i'm not gonna lie like it uh actually looks kind of cool it's got a nice trailer it's not one of those random indie walk where everything is dark games mm -hmm. so that's a thing yeah the it's, is, it, gotta... is it another run away from the scary monster and hide game i think it's i think there is some of that but i think the premise was that it's supposed to be walk towards the scary shit is supposed All to right. be the thing because you're supposed to be exploring the insanity that is... Run, hide, lose your mind is the tagline, apparently. Yeah. It's got some very cool art, as you said. In, you know, Very much like, hey, we took the Lovecraftian theme and did actually make things with that instead of just said, hey, this is Lovecraftian honest. Yeah, I got an email about this one this morning and I saw Lovecraftian horror and rolled my eyes and then looked in and saw some of the artwork and then I was like, oh, oh, oh this actually, actually doesn't look, look too shitty. This, yeah, yeah, this has some good. potential. It's mostly inspired yeah. by so the mountains I'm just so run away from the scary man, though. Yeah, the, the good no part kidding. about this one is that it has multiple endings, which I'm interested in what that means for mm. how you play. Maybe you can go full-on crazy. Maybe you can fight going. Like, I don't mm. know. I have no clue. It's made by Zoetrope. I've heard of those the guys before. I don't know why, but it certainly wasn't associated with anything terrible. So, hey, yeah, that looks pretty good. The next game uh, is a game that I'm just going to throw a bone to everyone out there who enjoys it. Farming Simulator 18. Germany. I, and there's a lot of them. Yeah, I, I, edit, I edited a review of this today, so I know what's up with it. Is it's it on good? Vita. Is it okay. Uh, here's the weird thing about Farming Simulator. They alternate years doing like the console and PC release alternating with the handheld releases, but they keep them numbered as if they're sequels to each other. Hmm. So Farming Simulator 17 on PC and consoles and stuff had a lot of things that are now missing from 18, which is weird. weird. Um, you can't get out of your truck now, so you can't do any of the wandering around casually, slow-paced, looking at your, your bees and your chickens you're raising and stuff like that. You are just tethered to your truck. And they've increased the pace of everything so that it works more. It works better as a handheld game because everything's shorter missions. You can jump in and out of stuff quickly. But that does take away some of the sort of laid back aspect of you're just sort of chilling, running your farm. It's like, no, 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 go, go, go. You've got to do the things now. So it's, it's not as good of a game. It is actively missing things from the last entry. Are you saying they... They dumbed it down for the casual, they dumbed casual. It simulator fans. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's slimmed down for, for portable. It's not a bad version of the game, but it is missing some of the nice laid back, get out of your truck and have a look at the things what, you naturally what, Laura, stuff. what number did you say it was? 
This is 18. Yeah, okay. 17 is Eight, the one what, that's on what, PC what right now. What has changed in that game the other 17 times? Okay, there's not actually 17 stuff. or 18 of them. It's 2018, but it's come out halfway through 2017, like yeah. sports games and things do. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. How many of them are there? Lots. Uh, goodness knows how many, but a lot. Um, that's not including all the other simulators of that yeah. same. This, yeah. this one is considered to be one of the ones that are actually good. Like the thing is, you can call anything that, and it's not. They're not the same company making them. But stuff I, like oh, yeah, Euro yeah, Truck and yeah. Farming Simulator are like the yeah. top tier good ones, and then there's all the other bullshit. As much as I would never play one, I kind of love that it's a thing. Oh yeah, and it's very yeah, popular. Sure. Yeah. yeah, there's I, definitely I, an audience. Well-made ones, sure. I I never got Farming Simulator until um I started talking to my colleague Joe at Let's Play Video Games about it, and he absolutely loves them. And mm. as someone that likes Euro Truck Sim and American Truck Sim for the sort of laid-back tune-out, yeah, just kind of enjoy watching the world happen around you in those kind of games. Mm. I can understand why that's appealing and why mm. losing some of that laid-back aspect would a negative in the handheld version so yeah and you, you, know. you liked that about no man's sky as well didn't you i, I did is there a crossover audience there in in the people who enjoyed no man's sky and the people who liked the kind of slow-paced yeah. simulator type games i i enjoyed no man's sky up until i got all like autistic spectrum obsessive looping about it and had to stop because it was legitimately stressing me out and causing me distress yeah until then i loved it <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Dark. I enjoyed No Man's Sky up until I played it. Relevance, 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 cutting edge. Dark yeah, Rose Valkyrie game. coming up next. Yeah, uh, this is a PS4 game that's an RPG that is your standard anime girls with giant weapons, except there's a really cool mechanic where the idea that, that these anime girls have these giant weapons like puts a lot of stress on them for some reason. Because it's bloody heavy. Well, I mean, like, like, the weapons are, you know, they're superpower anime weapons with magical powers. So it, they're fighting these this evil virus shit, and apparently it can corrupt these girls. They're fighting and, anime. You have you have to always fight anime. Interview and like keep track of these girls before they get fully corrupted huh. and become bad guys themselves. That's kind of so neat. like yeah. yeah, that's kind of an interesting little yeah, mechanic. Having right. a look at it, part of it looks like Ace Attorney sort of mechanics going on where it's like do the trial to work out whether your party member is yeah. secretly working for the enemy and that's kind of cool that's yeah <laughs> yep all right moving on uh next is dirt four another big release today if you are into this, cars and dirt this snuck out of nowhere so it's uh, the reviews came out today i believe they've been generally positive I heard nothing about it coming up to this. I would have thought this would have been hyped more. Maybe I'm just not particularly in touch with car racing games at the moment. Uh, but cool to see a new Dirt game. I think the yeah. last one was pretty good from what I've been told. So it was Dirt Rally. Uh, the next game, Super Beat Zionic. Yep, that's PS4, not on PC, whatever this is. Uh, it is a rhythm game, but yo, the music is fantastic for this game. I totally hope so in a rhythm game. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't look particularly like there's a lot to it, but... I, I, I played a, a bit of this on Vita, if it's the game I think it is. It worked really nicely with the touchscreen, and I'm wondering how it controls on, on PS4. Because hmm. I remember it being like just a very upbeat, fast-paced Vita, Vita game with the touchscreen. I don't. I haven't looked into it enough to know how it plays on the PS4 if there's no touchscreen. Fair enough. 
All right, m- moving on. Uh, the next one is a game that's already out on Steam, but it's now coming to PS4 called The Town of Light. It is a psychological horror thriller instead of a jump scary come get you thriller. So, oh, there's a quote from Brash Games in the trailer. Lovely. <laughs> Perfect. What an endorsement. Is Brash Games that website so, that we're that is um, that website, not yes. paying people or the one with like, Ryan, Ryan, not that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's the one. Lovely. All comes full circle, really, doesn't it? And uh, finally today on PS4, Victor Vran comes out. Surprisingly good. At fucking last. Not because I'm excited to play it, but because the press releases will stop. (laughs) (laughs) Three press releases a day for years about Victor Victor Vran, Vran. Victor Vran, Victor fucking Vran. He's good though. To come out on every system ever. And then I don't fucking. Hey, look, I'm sure it is, but I'm in such a bad. Like, I I (laughs) take a long time to chill out before i play it because i'm so sick of hearing the uh. name victor fucking brand <laughs> uh, there's also dlc weird some, some two weird things the two pieces of expansion dlc one of which is motorhead through the ages yes that motorhead that bunch of motorhead music motorhead characters motorhead inspired monsters levels of weapons and fractured worlds which i think is their main expansion thing which is coming out. There's expansions too, so I'm going to hear yeah. about those. Victor Vran, <laughs> it's a fucking good game, actually. It's really fun. I mean, but I, 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 I've got no real opinion on the game itself. I'm, I'm, I'm actually eager to check it out after hearing so much about but it. Victor Vran. Uh, but I'm so sick of hearing the name. <laughs> it was, I was surprised by it. It was like, oh, this is a shitty Diablo clone. It totally isn't. It's actually really fucking good. All right, moving on. Uh, the next game on our list, June 7th, is Perception. Ah, PS4. yes. That it horror, but you're blind on, uh, thing. Steam? Yeah. What a cool concept for a game. Yeah. It's, you're, you're, you're blind and you use echolocation, and it's a horror game, but because you don't see things, you don't necessarily perceive them the way they actually are. You so tap to echolocate and get a sort of daredevil vision thing going on. Yeah. I heard yeah, mixed cool. reviews of this one. Some people really reviews did not been, like it. Yeah, reviews have been up and down on this one. I've not tried it myself yet, but uh, it's been on my radar because the concept did interest me, um, and I'm always looking for a new way to do a horror game because uh, I play too much of the same old horror game. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think a lot of people, as far as I can tell, some of the reviews have been it's really, really short, and it isn't necessarily a like someone's after you constant threat all the time. And so people, but how would you do that if you're, if you're a blind, like that just doesn't make sense gameplay wise. Like you have to feel your way around and okay, now I'm going to run from shit. Like, I don't know. I mean, I can see it working in a way. Cause I know one of the ideas was, you know, the tapping makes noise. So you don't want to make noise if something's after you. Right. Um, and, and uh, presumably if the thing is making noise, then if you're quiet, you could maybe see like it's breathing or something. Yeah. So I could see that working in a cat and mouse thing. But, um, if it works that way, again, I've not played it um, yet. Um, if it works that way, I could definitely be see, disappoint, uh, see being disappointed, not getting more of that because that's a great idea I just had. If, they, if they've not done it, it's a great idea I just had. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm I, interested to see what they've done there. I wish more horror games would, would go back for kind of um the feeling of psychological discomfort and horror yes. that like silent hill 2 gives you and that game's not super hard but 
and there's never a moment in it where oh the scary thing is chasing you if you don't escape you're going to die immediately well apart from the pyramid head bits but it's that 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 thing of like everything in it the design of it the subtext of everything making you feel uncomfortable with your own self your own in that particular game your own sexuality i think was what was most of the metaphors in there were like violence and sex and why why is it that no game has done psychological horror that well since bloody why arse. can't they I think do it's it? probably the straight answer to it is most it, people is, have is no idea how to play, do that PewDiePie, are you to blame? <laughs> hey, what are you blaming me for? I don't play horror games. It's got nothing to do with me. You blame Felix if you like, but it's got nothing to do with me. I, I, just, I just think it's genuinely hard. You know, it's like saying, well, you know, why why aren't there so many great series that are as good as Breaking Bad or The Wire? Because yeah. it's really hard to make it's those really well. It's really hard to You kind yeah. of would hope that we'd have at least had I would love to see more, more developers, on, you know. I would love to see more developers try to do that instead yeah. of the run away from the scary man thing. I'm yeah. hoping Outlast Definitely. 2 is the end of run away from the scary man oh, for a while, especially with the success game. of Resident Evil 7 relative to that. I'm hoping yeah. we get back to a little bit more combat horror as opposed yeah. to run away. Oh, I... Resident Evil 7, while not psychologically, not on the level of, of Silent Hill 2, no. was fucking great. It never intended it to be, did it? I loved how it was a return to the kind of campy, this good schlock stuck in the one location goodness of Resident Evil and One. God bless I mean, the ending of that game, yo, that mm. was the best. I was so happy that it was just like fuck it. I was like, yeah, the ending. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna even mention it. I'm just gonna say, if you've seen the ending of Resident Evil Seven, it's a yeah. it's a welcome like moment. Where it, is, it was well cool. done, very well. Yeah. Very well put. It, it set that. things up nicely for the next one, didn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Right, Which would probably on. be a fucking action shooter because this one didn't sell <laughs> well, as well as six. So. <laughs> I, I mean, seven sold very well. I don't know if it's so. Six sold inexplicably well. I don't know why that is. But... Six sold really well and they weren't happy with the sales. Well, that's Capcom for you, innit? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's move on to the June the 8th releases. All right, so the first game is Lines, and uh, this game just looks like a real chill game. Like, pop on some tunes and just line it up. Yeah, nice little zen game. They even describe it as just that, a colorful race to fill the drawing. Uh, the next game I chose because anime boobies. Well, it's of called course did. Amber's Magic Shop. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Amber... It's a crafting that. dating sim, Jim. The dating <laughs> sims have crafting now. Oh, good. <laughs> How fucking good. I, I had a look at this and it looks like you're shoving <laughs> mechanics into Fallout Shelter. Oh, my. I'm like, that's, that's something. <laughs> Mamma mia, I like, I like a lot. It has okay. three Otomi, one Yuri, and two Polly, whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, uh, the poly, poly is polyamory, so you can date multiple Polyester. people at once. Yes. Uh, Yuri is lesbian. Mixed mm. fabrics. I don't know what a tome is. I don't know, I don't know what that is either. I don't recognize the tome. I know I the word, but thing. I don't know what it means. So I just Google this, and I have to say this is refreshing how when you said anime boobies, and I Google it, and these women look of age. Right. I mean, that, well, they're not, they're that, that is very refreshing. If there was like little kid anime, that would have been scrapped. I wouldn't, it wouldn't even have been on the list. But this is like a sexy blue girl, so she's on. Plus yeah, you play they, her, I think, and so like you can hook up with sexy elf boys. It's perfect. There's not uh, a keep, People in the chat are saying Atome is just big breasts. Oh, okay. apparently. Mama, according mama. to this, an Atome game 
is a story-based video game. I'm just reading off Wikipedia, targeted towards the female market. Uh, generally, one of the goals is to develop a romantic relationship between the female player character and one of several male yes, or occasional okay. females. Yeah. Yeah. Bernard, Danielle, and Lau. So I would All guess, right. yeah, okay. they, they just so mentioned... It's, it's your female towards male, female on female, you've got one option, or there's yes. two poly routes. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Okay. Nice. All right. The chat so... just said, Jesse is into Smurfs. What? <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, there's a dirty jerk that jerk. There's a dirty jerk. There's a very dirty jerk. A dirty jerk. There is a Freudian slip. <laughs> Don't worry, Jesse. You're not alone in liking the blue the blue ladies. It's it's all right. Yeah, man. I can't um, I can't help it. I it's blue. I love blue. All right. I, I'll I'll take a good Liara any day. It's all good. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Those uh, little aliens in the Eiffel 65 video that Gamble no, said, that's, that's probably why I likes the Not song. happening. Moving <laughs> on. Okay, to... next is Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap. Uh, oh, i got game... something to say about this one. What you got? Yo, listen up. Here's a story about a... No, I won't do that. About oh. a wonder guy who... Uh, one of the things I present for Wonder Boy. What is so the you, secret you of your the, power? Um, the actual like gameplay of this this game, uh, where people have chosen the girl character. Yeah, you can play as Wonder Girl, and it mm -hmm. changes the title screen and everything. I think it's like That's really neat. sweet and pretty great. I'm the, I am a big Wonder fan. Girl. That is a thing. Yeah, There's also a playable mouse, girl. a playable lizard. Is that... This is a good remake. I've I've played a fair bit of it. It's uh, it's good. Did y'all see Wonder Woman? I, I did, and I love it. Oh, it's so good. It I'll go so to see fast. it sooner rather than it's later. So fucking good. Good to glad to hear it doesn't suck. Oh, it's it it completely like here. blows the other DC movies. Like absolutely, that would not take no much. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, sounds good. All right, moving on. Uh the next game is keep your head up, Gonna. Oh, no. On on Switch, yeah, this it's is already out on Switch. PC. It's been out a while on. Yeah, it's a procedurally generated two D platform with roguelike elements. Of course, it is. Uh, yeah, it looks really cool. It's it's very strange looking and totally bizarre, and I, I love that about it. So all, right. all of the things are colorful silhouettes. Yeah, art style is oh. nice. Yeah, that's a really nice art style. Yep. Uh, also on Switch, a game that is fantastic. I love Shantae, Half Genie Hero. Yes, indeed. Yep. Good. Good Medieval Kingdom Wars. This Sounds is a game that just looked super interesting, if not a giant mess of men fighting on a battlefield, so... Probably that. I mean, it's early access. It's like, yeah, that sounds amazing. It's like big medieval fights. It's like, you know, this is not going to work. Yeah, something's going to happen. I, it. I played well, the um, the other one of these, not that one. There's another one, Ultimate Battle Simulator. I'm um, not and It's actually sure kind it's of a laugh. The same thing, but okay. Bear in mind, he I likes the might... Warriors games. Fair, <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's like a, a really bit of like good, excellent warrior strategy in this and stuff. Uh, yeah, I'll check it out when it's done. The next game is World of One. This is a indie puzzle platformer with like a globe physics, but it's also super grim and dark and like lovely art even, style in this too. Yeah, I don't even know what's going on in this game. Like it's it's. I think about depression. I have no clue what the yeah. 
kind of dark art style, a lot of silhouettes, minimal lighting. But yeah, you kind of walk around on a basically a globe level, so it curves around a bit. Yeah, it looks it looks good. Boss fight things they show later are crazy looking. I'm getting some insane Shadow Planet, like insane Twisted Shadow Planet vibes from some of these bosses here. The, uh, that's the, the that's I the... looked up screenshots and that's literally what I thought it was. Yeah. <clears throat> looks good. This looks really cool. Alright, next. Uh, the next game is Squids from Space. Team-based PvP, top-down shooter. Squid people versus humans. Not Splatoon. They've, they've got the market cornered now. I will not accept <laughs> another squid game. I'm sorry. No. This this is this is slightly different because these squids are in robot spacesuits. They're piloting them like that that alien in Men in Black who was piloting the human suit. Absolutely. Right, um, an agar suit. Mm. All right, moving on. Uh, the next game is called The Vagrant. Plays Vivian the Vagrant, a traveling cell sword. Doing, right. doing what exactly? Oh, selling swords, I guess. <laughs> that looks very suspiciously like Odin's sphere. I don't know if you saw the the running animation and uh, the the aesthetic type uh, when she was moving around. It's like this looks like a vanillaware game, mm. but mm -hmm. it obviously yeah. isn't. Yeah, it looks very similar. Very, very similar. Actually. Suspiciously similar. Uh huh. Who made this? Ah, uh, as Chinese developed OTK games. Yeah, yeah. like I'm looking mm. at the you know the level progression screens that they show in the trailer, and it 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 just looks like uh, uh, Odin Sphere, but very stripped down and simplified, and nowhere near as interesting. Yes, yeah. Uh, it might be good though. I don't know. Yeah, early access. Early access. All right, moving on. Uh, the next game is Jump Stars. It is a cooperative and competitive games so uh there can be only one winner but you have to work together for uh, certain things which i think is interesting it's couch co-op i like that idea where you work together until you have to betray somebody at the optimal moment that's a really yep. fun mechanic to do on the couch yeah this looks pretty neat uh the next game dirt 4 we already talked about it but yeah it's i think on it's pc, PC release well. yep and the game after that is gray skies dark waters it is an interesting looking game that I just pick because it's different. Like it, I like it, the title. I, I'm a fan of a video game with a good title. It's why I liked uh, A Machine for Pigs because it's just a title that sounds very unique because there are so many games that are like dark chapters of Chronicles and all that bollocks. Mm. So when I hear something like that, I'm like, okay, that's got my attention. Yeah, yeah supposedly it's a, a modern interpretation of old folk so tales and such. Call of War Origins then wouldn't be your kind of title. <laughs> Get some Origins <laughs> in there, man. Tantalize yeah. me very much. No. Yeah. All right. And what, what was that one called, Jesse? Gray Skies, Dark Waters. Yeah, it doesn't actually look quite like something I'd play, but no. I like the name. I like the it, name. The name a lot. did stick out to me too. Yeah. Last but by no means least, this one yeah. title right well, here. Yes, just in time for E3. Super Dimension Neptune versus Sega Hard Girls. Yep. Sega Hard Girls. I mean, yep. that's it's up there with a machine for pigs <laughs> in terms of my favorite titles or yep. something. I Sega believe Hard Girls sounds. <laughs> it wasn't awesome. okay. It it is actually what you think it is. If I recall correctly, there was an anime, which was just 
anthropomorphized Sega yeah. consoles as mm, anime yes. girls. Oh yeah, there was a there there have been several games on this, this concept. This yeah, is one this. of them that I played was absolutely god awful. So, I imagine. As I, as I understand this, this is a crossover between two separate properties that both independently made cute anime girls out of video game consoles. Oh, like yeah. Puppet yes. Master vs. Evil Toys. Yeah, so Hyperdimension Neptunia is the one where it's like all of the consoles across all the like all the companies have moe anime characters. Okay. But then this is also like a separate property where the Sega character the Sega consoles are people and they're crossing them over. So it's just a bunch of anime girl game consoles on an adventure. I yep. don't understand video games anymore. The no, Mega Drive. I'm, this I'm, is, I'm this makes me wonder if I ever did. Yeah, I think I no, played uh, one of the yeah. ones that were on PS3 and it was dreadful. Okay. Absolutely dreadful to play. I did not expect it to be incredible, I will admit. <laughs> this has not convinced me to try it. <laughs> Don't you want to play a game with with such wonderful names for its female cast members as Game Gear, Dreamcast, <laughs> Sega Saturn, Mega Drive, Sega? Game, right? This is a no. what is it? A P, uh, no, it's Sega. Surely they're breaking yeah. some trademark laws there. No, this is well, licensed. They're naming their own because Sega um, yeah. are involved. Sega so Hard Girls own. was licensed by Sega. Yes. Do they have? Is it Genesis or Mega Drive? Um, Good question. Apparently, you Yankee it's Mega Drive. With your according Genesis. according <laughs> oh, to the wiki like I'm looking at, it's Mega Drive. That's yeah. a Mega Drive. Good. Yeah. That's what I like. These like anthropomorphized console girls. It, if it comes to America, though, and they change it to Genesis, I will have that localizer for sense. Was it the Genesis or Mega Drive on the continent? Was it just UK and Ireland that got the Mega Drive, or was that all of Europe? I don't know. Wasn't in Anyone? Why wasn't it Genesis? Why didn't you have Genesis? Why was it Mega Drive? Because there's because a they band were a very popular band at the time who had yeah. such amazing hits. Oh, she seems to have yeah. an invisible touch. I mean, yes, we 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 everyone knows Genesis, please. But why <laughs> was that allowed? He I guess copyright laws. Because Phil be... Phil Collins is the king of Europe, and uh, he, that, he you're wasn't right, you're too right. happy with it. Oh, you know? one of his royal when, when Europe voted for its king in 1981, Phil Collins won, and yeah. you know you got to respect democracy. I mean, you know, Incredible. according to the chat, Genesis was only in North America. That's the only place it was called the Genesis. So the Every was, other country in the world, it was the Mega Drive. Amer oh, North America being the odd one out has always. Well, thing, I can absolutely believe that in North America there were lawyers involved saying you can't call this a Genesis because such and such is a Genesis. Like yeah. if if any country would have that as the immediate reason for something, it would be so, there with what, lawyers. What, That's what the song in the air tonight is about. Really, yeah. we, we can all agree didn't, that didn't uh, Peter Jesse Gabriel move to America after he left Genesis? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe it was his lawyers. Fine. I like Peter Gabriel. Nowadays, he looks like he should live in a secret volcano lair. He's yeah. awesome. He's gone saw... fully bald, um, white uh, goatee on him, wears you know Peter Gabriel clothes, so he looks like a proper supervillain. It's brilliant. I, I, like I saw him. Well. I saw him play live uh, a year and a half ago in Finland. And he did the entire So album. Holy fuck. Nice. Nice. Amazing. 
Sorry, Jesse, Gav's, Gav's music podcast. You're, you're wrong <laughs> in American, Jesse. You you have no clue how much I feel that way recently. Don't don't worry. <laughs> it's, it's it's fine. <laughs> we we we've cornered you. It's you're the only American here. We'll just blame you for everything. I love how like one, two, three of you live in America, but Jesse's the only American here. True enough. Damn, damn, that's the hardest truth bomb that has ever been dropped. You you damn immigrants. <laughs> Well, that's it. That's for the games. We're done. We're done. done. It's pretty much the show, folks. We have E3 on the way. I'm sure some of us are doing something related to E3. Jesse, what are you doing related to E3? Uh, On Sunday, I'm going to the Xbox and Bethesda conferences, and then uh, I'm going to sit around here at the office with everyone else and watch the rest on Monday. And then Tuesday, I'll be here with you podcasting, and then Wednesday and Thursday, I'm going to go down to the show floor and see what's what i guess so that's my plans jim live tweeting i imagine is part of the plan there that's that's uh my typical tradition i'll be live tweeting i'll probably throw up some videos just discussing what i think of the various conferences the the days after but yeah mostly tweeting sounds good laura any plans and coverage I will be watching the conferences, maybe tweeting about them, mainly watching out for like, hey, are any of those things that I talked about in the past year going to show up at E3? And that'll be my E3. Yeah. And Gav, I assume you're just going to have a beer and wait for all this to blow over, right? No, man, I'm going to be on Twitter getting Uh, getting really excited and and putting out a little bit of snark, but not too much. And and, and, uh, as as a musician, I'm just going to keep working on the only hint I'll give you is... I'm not enlightened, but I can't wait to no. be. On yeah, the subject of snark, like, on the other hand, Jesse we will. Looks act- like it's about to break on the top of his brain. Something is. <laughs> he's getting one step closer to the edge, and he, he's about to break. He saw the movie too, so. <laughs> okay. Well, we, on the other hand, will be snarking the hell out of E3. Myself and the missus are going to sit down for the annual snarkathon, which will be streamed right here on Twitch.tv/shuttlebiscuit. We'll be talking obnoxiously over most of the major conferences ea on saturday microsoft and bethesda on sunday ubisoft sony on monday uh we will also probably do devolver if they don't clash with anything else there'll be super cuts available on the youtube channel which will hopefully be the funny bits assuming we have any of them which is not guaranteed but we'll be pissing on everybody's parade from the comfort of our own home immune to regular criticism, which is exactly what you should do, really. It's an honorable profession we have right here. And I can tell you. So do remember to hang out for that. Catch the VODs or the Supercuts if you miss them. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And of course, brand new podcast on Tuesday. Jenna will be guesting on that one as well since he's watching all the conferences with me. So she'll be joining me then along supposedly with dodger she's apparently going to be there i will see she's gallivanting around europe at the moment she should be back and jesse as well big thanks to the entire cast of the gymquisition podcast podquisition thank you very much for your attendance today if they want to find your podcast where do they go uh you can go on thegymquisition.com make sure you add the the because someone jumps on gymquisition.com And uh, it's a constant back and forth regarding that. Um, but thegymquisition.com or go to SoundCloud, look up Gymquisition. Um, and, and that's about it to, to get on on that, to get onto that. And if I may also just quickly uh, plug for a friend. By all means. Um, 
his Kickstarter hit its goal last night. Uh, he's doing a, a, a book called Lost Artifacts of Greygast, uh, which uh, is still, it's, it's 15 days into its Kickstarter now, so they, they're hitting stretch goals. It's uh, the biggest magic co- item compendium uh, for D&D 5th edition that, that anyone's tried to do. Cool. Um, and he's he's got fantastic artwork. Um, I believe the cover has a character I played because he was my DM, uh, the guy running this. Um, he was my DM in D&D for many years. So characters like Flynn Flashwood and Vox the Profane uh, that I've talked about in my videos before show up in lore and everything. So yeah, yeah, it's an exciting project and book and uh, well done to well done to Flannel for pulling that off. Lovely. Below our names the last three hours is where you can find us on YouTube. Go check us out. Go and have a look at Gab's new music over at youtube.com slash miracle of sound. New videos coming out for myself, Jesse, Laura, most likely, and Jim. I would imagine he has been known for doing such things over the next week or so prior to E3. I think that's pretty much about it. Thank you very much to our sponsor today, Squarespace. Head over to squarespace.com slash cooptional for 10% for your first order and a free trial. Go make a website everybody else bloody has. You might as well get on the bandwagon and we will see you past E3, assuming that we do actually survive the event. We may or may not. There is no guarantees. Thanks for watching the Coopquisition podcast. Our internet mostly held up, and I am very yeah. impressed by that. Well, thanks so, for having us on, guys. It was fun. of course, yeah. absolutely. You're more than welcome. Always nice to have people that can talk in our we'll stead, to, so we can just sit here and coast through we'll the have experience. To do it with six, six nights. Nope. Time nope. <laughs> no. Make it elimination. Oh She's yeah. Gonna be so pissed off. She missed six this. man this elimination. We'll get, we'll get all six in, and whoever's internet connection drops first, they're the one that six has to pack go. challenge. My, mine held up for three hours, guys. That's there will be first. Rocky, no Rocky pinfalls. Star, but you did all right. No submissions. The only way to win is by having your internet connection hold up. Internet knockout there tonight in this very, very ring. Knockout. Weighing in at 235 pounds. I know, I need to drop some weight. Total biscuit, yeah! Yeah, it's not fucking me. Yes, I would do it. You know I would. Thank you very much for watching, folks. We'll see you next time. Goodbye! What better way to experience the E3 press conferences than through the lens of two utterly miserable people? Streaming live on twitch.tv slash TotalBiscuit over the E3 weekend, myself and Jenna will be covering, riffing on, and generally pissing on the parade of the big E3 press conferences. Check out the schedule on the screen right now and tune in live. Uncut VODs available immediately for Twitch subscribers and Supercut videos coming to youtube.com slash cynicalbrit.